following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Welcome to episode 99 of the Podcast of Terror, production of the Galactic Network. I'm your host, Pants Stein. With me, as always, is Corey... Ah, it stings when I pee, Scott. <laughs> I almost brought cranberry juice for the what's you drinking today? Uh, <laughs> because to because of your urethra problems? Yes, I I have had kidney stones. I found that out in the deep south one time. The doctor was not very kind to me. Is the deep south a butthole? Yes, it is. Okay. And when I say one time, I mean all the time. I'm literally in a butthole right now. Mm. It's mm. a tasty place to be. For more on this podcast, including show notes, content information, and subscription links, uh, you can contact us. I don't even fucking know what's going on anymore. I imagine in the butthole, it's a wallpaper pop. like in Willy Wonka where you lick it, and oh it takes God. like a um, Yeah, gncast.com slash pod. You can chat with us. Uh, gncast.com slash sign up. Subscribe to our newsletter. Butthole newspaper. Um, we have two guests this week, one of which is returning sex icon. That's the only way I can describe him. Look at I, that. I do have a sex. <laughs> and, and an eye. You're, and an eye. But it's all one big con. Oh, <laughs> ah, it's Jack McCone. He's hey, our good old buddy going, guys? from uh, Worst Episode Ever, 90s Percentile. And um, if you listen to it as much as I do, you hear Dan say webodcast.com in your sleep. <laughs> I literally was typing up the show notes and I'm like, oh, Jack McCone. And I just went webodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, it's it's by Menon. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's yeah. what we're trying to do. How uh, are you, Jack? Uh, by the way, I'm also enjoying some cranberry juice. My urethra is fine, but it could always be oh better. My God. It could always yes. be better. Off the rails. Try, just try to get it as wide as possible. Our other <laughs> guest is new here. Um, friend of Jack's. I forgot to ask what else he does with his life other than failed filmmaker because I'm a terrible human being <laughs> and I'm essentially not functioning properly but uh mike walls how are you good hey everybody hey i'll, um, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a plug for mike uh no no don't, don't sell mike short because he'll sell oh, no, himself. i'm sure he he'll, does he'll a lot of great things short. i just i just i had 87 things to do and i completely forgot to ask him uh what he wanted for his big sexy intro well i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna use him to plug Trump my show about walls since the the whole mexico thing started so i assume that that's <laughs> you gotta be promotion for mike my uh my twitter followers took a huge jump after all that <laughs> No, he was on Sync Points. He talked. Uh, he talked with us about Superman Returns. Oh, so you can get that at wepodcast.com. That's weepodcast.com. Bye, men. It never fails that anytime Jack and or Dan are on, they turn it into a We Podcast commercial <laughs> as quickly as possible. But yeah, we're fine. Uh, but no, Mike's a big Superman buff, so uh, he uh, definitely check out Superman Returns. Also, uh, you guys have had plenty of karate tortoise related guests and mike is uh, yes. a new addition to that because he is the voice of the narrator in karate tortoise oh yeah nice. oh are you okay i am yeah. give us a little narrator mike ah the big city <laughs> oh fucking a. What? I, I honestly <laughs> thought it was mike uh mike diaz that was doing that voice but 
No, no, no. He is a man of many one. talents, but not that one. No. Mike Diaz actually doesn't exist. It's a front from uh, it's uh, it's actually Annie and, and uh, Billy and everybody. Mike Diaz is just a friendly, handsome face they put. You know, to sell it. <laughs> it's just, so every time he's been on our podcast, they just it's a hired like a cardboard actor. Cardboard cutout. They, they hired an actor. You oh, pull down oh. the Diaz facade, and it's a crack house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. It falls down, and there's like a Buster Keaton that uh, lands right where the mouth is. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Speaking of landing where the mouth is, uh, Matt, you had <laughs> a busy night. I, I really did. Um, my shitty band played a shitty show in a shitty city. In which I wasn't even in the door, and I heard a man threatening to beat up a girl. Oh dear! <laughs> That's how I knew how the night was going. Um, slow night, just threatening. Uh, Did you step in? Were you were you a hero? Were you a cowboy? No, I just kind of looked at him, and uh, so it was the it was the Main Street Music Festival in Oshkosh, which is south of where I live. And um, there's a, a a police scanner Facebook group for the area okay. that my wife likes. And she just sent me a screenshot of someone that was at the music festival who ate a pot cookie and thought they were dying, so they called the police. I'm sorry, what's a police scanner? Because fa- is that is that so a someone real listens thing? to a police scanner and, and then, then posts what the? Yep. Oh, I gotta get I gotta get one for me, guys. I have like nine different police scanners, and uh, I can't oh, understand I a word anybody says on them. I just hear like. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Is like terrorists? <laughs> what? Just, so, just start watching live PD. All right. That's code for alley rape. No, watch. I'm definitely gonna find a find a Bay Ridge, Brooklyn uh, police scanner. So there has There's to a... be. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say there has to be a, a Brooklyn Facebook scan. You know what? That, that, we'll do it later. You're doing a show. Nope, we're doing it right uh, now. You need to stay Brad, focused, Matt. Brad is on Weird World Weekly with us and also does a couple other shows here on the Galactic Network. Uh, he had hooked me up with a site called YouAreListening.to. You're listening to that also has an app that plays a mix of both uh, ambient music, uh, which you can turn up and down, and police scanners from different cities. So there's <laughs> one for San Francisco. There's one for Detroit, which is the one that I most listen to because it makes me homesick, and I like to hear people getting murdered. Uh, and I, I play this <laughs> when I sleep. <laughs> I like hearing the screams. So, so, it's, so you can listen to a police scanner, but it's not. it's actually pleasurable to listen to because you have the music. Yeah. And I actually turn the music down and I, I play uh, rain sounds behind it because I like to hear people getting murdered. But I also <laughs> like the stuff to wash away off the streets. That's so noir. Next day. <laughs> uh, New York's on there, Jack. So you can probably hear your neighbors. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to check that out. Dark. Got real dark real fast. <laughs> Speaking of dark. Yeah. What are you guys drinking? Black coffee. Black coffee. All right. Just like uh, us all. Yeah, I'm not going not so, not so dark. New Belgium fat tire or Belgian style ale. Oh, that's it. I'm really upset. I uh, I, I bought a bunch of beer last night. I could to throw like, some Goldschlager <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> I Are bought, you a seventeen-year-old um, girl? <laughs> I bought session. I bought a session variety pack, uh, and it was supposed to last me all week. And I really shouldn't be doing it. It's out of my budget. I drank it all last night. Now I got nothing. I got like two beers left. I'm like, what's the point of two beers? I'm so mad at myself. You know what? Come over, believe- mow my lawn, and I'll send you home with a couple bottles. I, I can't believe how much I drank last night. Just like staying up playing Call of Duty for, for six hours. Um, it's easy to go through a case or two when you're just sitting up playing video games. Yeah, by I, just, I, I could. I couldn't believe. Like I look. I like. I looked in there. I saw all the empty bottles next to me. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, people really knock drinking alone, but uh, in my opinion, it's kind <laughs> it's, of. If you're playing, if you're playing internet video games, you're never alone. You are not alone. That's yeah. Yeah. with a bunch of racists. <laughs> oh my god! So um, I started playing player. 
player unknown battleground. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so yeah, I was jealous. Like, yeah, yeah. So I was playing on PC and um you like queue up in this this fucking island and you stand there and then when there's a hundred people you think you start the game. So anyways, so we're queued up and I just usually stand there while people punch women in the face. Not even joking. I know. I watch I watch I've been watching it on Twitch all week. <laughs> yeah. And I, and this this Asian fellow just ran around going Korea number one, China number four twenty. <laughs> I can almost I guarantee you it wasn't an Asian guy. It was like some oh, white no. guy from Kentucky. I'm sure it was just a fat white yeah. guy doing it at home. It was me. It was me. <laughs> it was you. It was you. <laughs> uh, Corey, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking uh, brown water, which is just basically raw sewage. Uh, oh, Lipton nice Rain tea. has washed the streets of Detroit dry. Um, this is no, it's it's Lipton. Frosted mug. Um, I got uh, Goat Collector from Pipeworks in Chicago, which is almost gone because we talked far too much before we started recording. <laughs> and um, the old backup is this damsel in distress from friend of the show and listener Mike, who sent me a bunch of beer. I'm going to send you beer one day, I promise. Some Bronx Ale. No, that's fine. We would much rather have you show up and drink our beer. Yeah. <laughs> and I will buy beer specifically for that. Okay. All right. That's a big you buying beer for me is that's a very uh noble gesture. I appreciate that. Jack I won't Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. That's it. Oh <laughs> I was gonna say I will not buy you beer because I'm fairly certain I have over a thousand dollars in beer in my basement. So oh. just come help me drink it. Okay. That deal. Yeah. Sometimes I look Matt at has... what's down there and I just wonder I question my own life. Matt has so much beer he had to insure it when he moved. <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely false. I insured it by putting it in my butt cheeks. <laughs> that's that's how I. That's, how I, that's my that's way to kill insurance. a conversation. You just talk about butt cheeks. I mean, uh, right. if you look at my health insurance bills, it feels like it's in my butt cheeks. Yes, the because they're fucking me in the ass. That's a joke, guys. <laughs> no, 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 I got it. I, I I work in the. Apologies uh, to Corey's stepdad. <laughs> yeah, my, my stepdad, the the avid listener of podcasts of Tara and other fine podcasts. He well, like my know, I was curse. just impressed that he thought you swore a bunch and I didn't. <laughs> but I Jack think I was, I was bringing down property values. Anyways, let's do some news. I just died a little bit inside my mouth. Um, first up, we have uh, Eli Roth is going to be developing a horror, a history horror docu series for AMC. Um, I'm not excited. I like think what? Edgar like Ross the birth and like the life and death of Edgar right. Allan Poe and the you know the first uh, zombie movie it's, and stuff like that. It's called the History of Horror Documentary. It's a series of AMC's Visionaries franchise. Uh, it's cool uh, called the History of Horror. It's a living record of the genre with interviews from all the greats, old and new. Uh, sadly, we lose more of these masters every year, and with them go their stories and experiences. The show will serve as a record for future generations. So it's it's that sounds it's, awesome. It, yeah, it but sounds I like think, a great thing. It, it, I'm not sure that he's the representative that I would have chosen, yeah. but as yeah. long as he's not putting his own shit on there, that's fine. He likes good things. He just you know his influences are good. He just uh, you know, and he's not even a bad filmmaker. He's just not my cup of tea. Right. That's exactly it. it I, I I shit on Eli Roth a little bit, but uh, when we had Anthony Rouse on a little while ago, he was a big fan of of uh, Hostel. Which inspired him to do some of his own work. Which oh, wow. I mean, that's that's a pretty big oh, deal yeah. is to be a filmmaker that inspires other filmmakers. That that says something. That's and so dream, I yeah. can't crap on Roth that much. 
So there are they purposely inviting like people who are going to die soon? Because it sounds like uh, they, they're dying off. We got to get their stories before it's too late. So like if if I was invited on, if I'm like say John Carpenter and I just got invited on, is like uh oh, I'm I've got like five years That's to live. Death sentence. Yeah. <laughs> You do you do a, a history of horror docu series and then you die. That's how we pick our '90s percentile guests, by the way. We, if it looks like you're you're not going to make it till uh, 2018, we, we get you on as soon as possible. Why I don't know I if I'm place? honored that you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't know if I'm honored that you haven't asked me on recently or you terrified like that I've been ago. on a couple times. You were on like uh, a month ago. I was actually on on 420. <laughs> uh, and Walls is the next one we got to get on. Mike hasn't been on in over a year. I don't think. Yeah, you know, Jack keeps saying, uh, oh, we got to have you on the podcast. We got to have you back on the podcast. And uh, here I sit waiting, tears filling. My I've, I've been waiting to go back on worst episode ever. So it's uh, I know how it feels. I like I like Mike's impression of me as like a slick podcast networker from from uptown. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see in you the 40s. another decade. Have my people call your people. I need he needs to have a big like rubber cigar, though. <laughs> I haven't done my impression of Jack yet. I need to uh, kind of <laughs> tune it out. I think it's gonna. It might come out in this podcast. It might be the. Uh, the oh, part. I'd love to see it. You're, Mike's a great impressionist. He does uh, a lot of people from work and uh, uh, and uh, others. And Honestly, he's, if it's I could get rich it. off just doing impressions of people that I only work with, then yeah, I exactly. <laughs> that that is called voice character work. It it is how cartoons yeah. happen. So I mean, all I need to do is spin those characters slightly and then give them a funny name and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it doesn't then even start take that much effort because the, the guy who does uh rick and morty pretty much does 90 percent of the voices and they're all close they're to being all the, the same. same thing yeah they're all although the same. it's dan Harmon one is impeccable uh <laughs> for the longest time i thought it was just dan Harmon, and to hear him doing dan Harmon sounds more like dan than dan does but yeah just give it a shot man yeah no i mean that's that's kind of a plan um I've been, I actually uh, went to England about two months ago and I've been hearing about Rick and Morty, you know, through kind of the geek circle for about forever long it's been on. Season three actually starts again tonight. Which I didn't know. I I found out that this morning. I'm so excited. And so I, yeah, I went and saw a big nerd buddy of mine and he said, have you ever seen Rick and Morty? We sat down and watched like three or four episodes that night and it's become my instant obsession. Um, we, uh, I had to work with a contractor at work on Thursday and Friday, and he actually, Rick and Morty came up, and he's like, oh, you got to watch this video. And it's like a seven-minute video where a guy um, analyzes Rick's actions and like how he says, like the, the lubba, lubba wubba dub dub really means like, I, I love my family or it's like I hate my family or something. Um, and because the, there's later episode where like Rick is happy and he doesn't say it and he goes, I don't need to say it because everything's fine. And I'm like, holy fuck. It's like the Da Vinci it, Code of uh, voiceover. Well, they, yeah, yeah. they say in one of the episodes, they actually do Birdman or Bird Person. One of them says in the it's an alien language uh, phrase for "I'm very, very miserable inside." Oh, I'm in great pain. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. That's great what pain. it is. Because yeah. uh, last weekend when I was at Warp Tour, there's a band called the Acacia Strain, and they have a shirt and it just has Rick giving the finger, and on the back it says "I'm in great pain." Nice, nice. I almost and wore I my... didn't realize that Rick was giving the finger when I purchased the shirt. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can totally wear this to work because people are just going to think, oh, it's just that weird guy with a shirt that says, I'm in great pain. Don't let Corey's dad say it. I, yeah. I almost bought the Rick shirt that says, your opinion means very little to me. I keep seeing it pop up on like Wood or whatever. And I just, I totally want to wear that to work. I uh, yeah. I almost wore my Rick and Morty shirt today. I should have in honor of the, the new season. Uh, it's uh, It's the butter robot. And it just says, what is my purpose? 
Oh God, yes. Oh Which man, is my fi- such yeah. a great gag. It just it sums up the entire show. It just it sums yeah. up all of life. There, you know, there's, there, what's our purpose? We're just slicing butter. We're just we're just. Uh, we'll all be dead soon. Make me. So I, uh, I I listened to Jack and Dan's previous episode, uh, Gremlins Two. You know, to prepare. And Jack has not become any less depressed than he was in that episode. No, No, my life was going great then. That's the scary thing. I think this is the time to pull it out. Not my penis. I'm at my nadir right now. There was, um, I asked Jack to do some voiceover stuff for us for like trigger warnings. Because we're like, maybe we should have a trigger warning because we swear an awful lot and, you know, whatever. Nip that in the butt. And there was this little ditty that I got from Jack while... In between some of his takes. I don't know what this is. Just wait. This is the super economical cut here. Why the fuck is my computer not rebooting? God, I just hate everything. All right, one more time. Let me just bang this out so I can fix my fucking computer and kill myself. Leave a fucking brief suicide note. I didn't know you got that part. <laughs> oh, I did. And I cut it out, and I just—it's a little file called Sad Jack. If you can, if you can put that and record some rainfall at the same time, that will lull me to sleep beautifully. <laughs> my, like my, there was there was a brief moment at the end where it's like when Jack's like, "I'm just gonna fucking kill myself, leave a brief suicide note." I'm like, I'm concerned. <laughs> I feel bad. This is very I have... harsh, but very soft and easy to listen to. It's, mm-hmm. super, it's like no country for old men. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jack has a wonderful speaking voice. Oh, thank you. Is that saucy baritone? Um, I might as well tell this story. Uh, yep. It's a real quick story. Uh, at my uh, grandmother's funeral last year, they asked, uh, they wanted all the grandkids to participate in some way, so they asked me to read the uh, the prayer or whatever. At the you know, we, somebody goes up and reads something from the Bible. I, I don't know how it works. Uh, God's involved or something. So anyway, I go and I read this passage uh, and I used like my reading voice, like as if I'm, you know, reading a scripture and I've been to enough masses. I know like the, you know, the inflections and stuff they use. And I did, I did a decent job. And I, I went back, I sat back down and my girlfriend turned to me and goes, wow, I didn't know you could read so good. Or I, I forget what she says. She's like, wow, I, you know, you spoke really well. And I just turned to her, in the middle of this, my grandmother's funeral. And I just went, I host two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're so surprised. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> I will destroy you. <laughs> I'm Jack Picot of WePodcast.com. Yeah, we'll get we'll get Mike Wallace on sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> but if there's anybody who's gonna shit on what you do on your podcasts, it's you. Yeah. Like you always you talk down how you do your podcasts when you're doing your podcast. <laughs> That's true. It's called lowering expectations, guys. It's it's, it's uh, the the only reason our fans think we're so good is because we constantly try to in- instill in them that you know we're not, and then they're pleasantly surprised when the show isn't a dumpster fire. It's all also reverse because psychology. Also, patrons tasteful nudes. <laughs> Still waiting. Mm. One of these days, I don't like. There's gonna be like it's gonna be like um, uh, what's that Carpenter movie with the wrestler? Um. They live. Uh, they it's going to be like yeah. they live. One oh. day, everybody's just going to see We Studios for what it really is. And you're, oh. you're just going to see me and Dan's like hideous alien faces. And there's going to be like a light going on. Everybody's going to go, oh, this is this is nothing. This is just two people talking nonsense into microphone. I don't need to waste two hours a week listening to this. I expe- I did not expect it to go that way. I <laughs> thought it was going to be that one day I'm just going to get a text message from you and it's just your dick. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lay it on a countertop and it's just going to be 
jack dick on a counter that's our third show that's gonna be that's our follow-up to 90s percentile hey when jack speaking dick. of speaking, <laughs> speaking of third show when are we doing gremlins 3 gremlins in nazi germany and outer space uh soon um yeah uh we're gonna be taking an extended break at the end of the year and, and probably a little bit into 2018 so that'll be a good time to do it again i might be homeless so check my <laughs> suicide to, note for details do I, to, do I need to play sad <laughs> jack again uh, but yeah, no, I do really want to do Gremlins Three, the podcast with you guys. No, please say the entire name. Grem- well, Gremlins Three, Gremlins in Nazi Germany and outer space. That's not that's not the full name. It's going to just be the Gremlins Three pod. We have much to discuss. What you need to do is make sure that podcast is released before the actual movie. That's what I'm that's worried true. about. That's what I'm worried. I'm sure there's going to be a Gremlins reboot any day now. It doesn't matter because even if Gremlins Three comes out, our script is going to be so good, it's going to just everybody's going to retcon that shit yeah. right off of their fucking memories. It's going to be like the Matrix sequels. Yeah, just yeah. Dirty Dozen, but with Gremlins being led by a Tom Cruise like Gizmo, and it's just Valkyrie where they go in and they try to take out Hitler. <laughs> so there's still nothing about a release date or even filming. So I think we got a solid six to eight months before Gremlins Three comes right, out. We'll see what I also feel like we get least. Tom Cruise to play Gizmo. He's actual size. <laughs> Don't let the Church of Scientology hear you say that. Gizmo is a Scientologist. You get you didn't know that? Oh, I didn't know that. He's a Do level you have scientific eight. proof to back that up. He's OT level eight. And if you no. get him wet, he's OT level nine. Jesus. Didn't, didn't, did they ever end up releasing OT nine? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I just make the jokes. I don't follow them that, that closely. <laughs> OT nine <laughs> is best for getting grease stains off of your oven. I do actually. I have been flirt. I have seriously flirted with joining Scientology. No, um, don't do it, Jack. Well, we, here's couldn't, the, we couldn't be so, friends anymore. They wouldn't let you talk to us. So you their, be able to- their main New York headquarters is uh, right by Times Square. It's a little bit west. It's, it's in Hell's Kitchen where uh, Daredevil lives. And uh, I was dating a girl there. So I was always walking right past it. Uh, and they would always catch me because they, they look for, for uh, people who look like they're about to kill themselves. And they jump on them and they go, hey, hey, you, you want to come in and take this uh, this electric test or whatever they do? And they, t- they you know, they test you and they read the questions. And oh, they... yeah. So yeah, yeah. I really kind of want to do it because, you know, I mean, this was more like 10 years ago when I still had, uh, you know, it looked like my career might go somewhere. But I was like, look, I, I'm talented and I have a good awards. I'm a decent looking guy. Uh, maybe they will use me and boost my career like they have so many others, John Travolta and, and Tom Cruise and. And, you know, and uh, lay a remedy and, and maybe they'll actually like, hook me up with a good agent and get me some good gigs. And, and you know, all I have to do is uh, tow the party line and I guess give them like 25 percent of my millions. Uh, it just it seemed like the quickest way to become successful in Hollywood. So I, I mean, really I'm not going to Tom Cruise or John Travolta and say, yeah, that's 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 for everybody. But when you look at Leah Remini's career, that took some fucking work. That mm-hmm. that girl was like sitcom death for about the first 10 years or so of her of her fucking acting ability and shit and then just all of a sudden one day it's like oh let's hook her up with a fat guy as is way too hot for him wife and see what the fuck happens and that was that became cbs's shtick for about 10 yeah, years you're right yeah nailed it and so now she's coming back and beating the wife out of her role in the new kevin james comedy it's like hey i know that your character's married and has kids but fuck them we're gonna bring leah remini back it's kind of insane that they did that yeah I don't know about you guys, but I'd tongue plow her stink ditch. She, she she's always going to be Stacy Carosi to me from Saved by the Bell. Mm, the summer, it's the yeah. summer week. Yeah, my dream threesome: Kelly Kapowski, Stacy Carosi. If you want to make it a foursome, tall pack of tacos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, Eli Roth is making a docu series yeah. about the history of horror. Yeah, what's the next news item? 
Yeah, exactly. I was just segue. So the next news story we have the um I actually fucking closed it because I'm half tired, half drunk. Uh the Losers Club from the new it have chosen chosen their uh, adult counterparts for it part two. Um oh, wow. two things that rustled my jimmies about this is the fact that I'm happy to see that they are not gonna try and make the new it three hours long by putting the entire story into one film. Second part being is I'm glad that they're making it two films and then each half of the it story will be it'll get its it's it's due as an entire story instead of taking the whole thing and making an hour and a half long. Which is what they did for the TV miniseries. That was two episodes like what we did with Salem's Lot last week. It was two episodes mm-hmm. that put together. You can watch all of it. Um, but the first half was about the kids and then they introduced the adult counterparts at the end, which I'm kind of surprised they don't introduce the adult counterparts at the end of this movie yeah. uh, because it sounds like from what the kids are saying is that they haven't been cast yet unless we're getting played and this is the actual cast for the movie and the kids are just saying oh this is who i'd like to see do this and yeah, yeah. what if they wait happening. what if they waited like 15 years and let the kids age and then had the kids play them like boyhood but, but oh yeah but it <laughs> that would be kind of <laughs> awesome well, i always thought that that should be a technique implemented a way more i mean i remember i not okay. Richard Linklater stole that idea from me, but uh, <laughs> I remember like years and, years and years ago, I always thought like, why wouldn't you just plan a movie? And aside from a death, why wouldn't you have the same actor play someone 10 years apart? That would be amazing. And then you wouldn't have to, I mean, I guess because they're kids in Hollywood and meth is cheap, but like, <laughs> but, but no, they really should your, do it. Your more. answer is river Phoenix. That's what it <laughs> is. A lot more Jake Lloyd. Wow. Like look at uh, uh, look at Twin Peaks uh, the reboot that's that's most of the cast from that is back and they're twenty five years older and they're playing themselves twenty five years old and it's great it's so cool yeah they should do that more I'm actually uh, so I don't know that much about it I know I know the basics um, but it's my very next book I'm gonna read it as soon as I finish this book about seeds oh speaking of books I finally finished an audiobook. nice yeah which is like a huge achievement for me our uh, previous guest. J.F. Dubois' book, A God in the Shed. I drove I drove to Minneapolis and back um, last weekend and, and fucking Milwaukee because I'm dumb. And I finished it, and it's a fucking great book. And if you're into horror, true crime, check it out. Awesome. Um, I'm so proud of you. Just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, I'm going to do know, the like, it. Reading a book is up there with like someone doing something normal. <laughs> I mean, I'm not good at books. Yeah, no, I'm um, going to do the It audiobook read by Stephen Weber. Mike Wallace says good things about it. How long is it though? It's uh, if I remember, forty-four hours, I think. Oof. Yeah, Oof. I See, didn't realize you know how long that. that. Well, I mean, granted, you both have what uh, hour to two-hour commutes, three-hour commute yeah. each day. Uh, and I listen to it on two X, and I actually do. I listen to it while uh, I do my dishes, and while I'm walking around, and while I'm getting dressed in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's when I find I get the most listening in. It's just like doing random shit around the house, just kind of. See, I, I've I've found that I stop paying attention. And then I miss what happened. Yeah. Because I have like a very, very terrible attention span. It depends on the task. Like something like doing dishes where I'm literally just scrubbing the same goddamn fucking Tupperware plate over and over and over. Uh, but did that, you microwave your sponge for 90 seconds before uh, you did that? I, I 60, but now you got me wondering if I should do 90 seconds. I thought I could have swore you said 90 in the first place, and that's why I started doing 90. I was doing 30, and I've been doing 60 for a while. I don't know. Just about put 90. it in there for 10 minutes. Maybe I should. Maybe I'll start doing that. <laughs> you have a nice little sponge puddle in your microwave. Yeah. But there won't be any bacteria. No. Um, I, I have to address a question in our chat real quick. Ashley, I don't know how brutal the new movie is supposed to be compared to the book. 
because a I've never read the book, but I know that the new movie is supposed to be pretty graphic. Um, and they they are making changes. Some of the the creatures yeah. that uh, Pennywise turns into are not the same in the movie. Uh, they they went for deep scares on this though. What's this is not going to be. I'm fairly certain it's R. If it's not I R, I'll be shocked. Is. Yeah, that was a big thing about the book. Is there's a lot of and you know Stephen King. I really like his stories, but he always tends to kind of divert away into you know. I think it was. I can't remember, maybe it was Simpsons or Family Guy. They had a joke where it's just like, Family okay, Guy. what's your new book idea? Family Guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a light uh, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it is full of a lot of kind of, but it's kind of influenced by, if you remember from the first movie, you know, they go see um, like monster movies from the 50s and there's like a Wolfman and stuff. So they implement a lot of that stuff. But yeah, yeah. a lot more monsters that I feel like the budget, um, which I'm sure it has a, a nice meaty budget, but I don't know if they'll be able to cover that kind of stuff, which I think will be better take away some of that monster goofiness that you see when you reveal everything. And hopefully they'll just go for a little more conservative and keep the scares in line. I'm just shocked they're not doing it. Like cinematic universes are in right now. I'm really shocked. They're not do They're not tying it directly into dark tower and they're not, uh, I, I think they sort of are stand. Are they? They, they, there's definitely some hints of Pennywise in the Dark Tower trailer, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see that guy show up. Also, the guy who who's playing Pennywise in the movie is supposed to be in the new Stephen King TV series. It's based around a bunch of his stories in the town that oh, they were all okay. spotted in. Uh, so right now, it seems like the year of Stephen King because he's got a couple different TV series. He's got two big budget uh, movies that are coming out. It's nice to see that guy finally reaching a level of success that I don't think he's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> also stranger things very heavily uh king uh yep. ask um in fact one of the stranger things kids is in the it movie oh yeah that's right yeah it's uh, richie tozer yeah i'm so, i'm concerned though I, I feel like dark tower is gonna bomb so badly it's gonna kind of turn people off of the idea and from the books and you know it's gonna it's gonna leave a stain on the dark tower legacy i hope not i love the trailer i think it looks great i'm more concerned about the 90 minute running time well, the fact that it's a running ninety-minute running time, but then they're also leading into a TV series. Yeah, yeah, prequel uh, show, which is it's a very ambitious idea, and ninety minutes for a film still seems like that should be fine. It, it we've gotten used to having these giant epic films, and I think that a lot of them just fill it with a bunch of bullshit yeah. that annoys people. I think the Hobbit movies would have been great if it was one to two films. That's yeah, true. Three long ass films. It was just so much filler that was unnecessary because they got a little fucking greedy and they thought well, we can just keep capping this shit up and see what happens. Yeah, I want to say I want to say Dark Tower is different because it's eight novels, but obviously they're not adapting eight novels. They're doing they're doing their own thing, and supposedly if they did do sequels, they would bring in more of the characters and stuff. So I don't even know what the story is going to be. I guess it could probably work in ninety minutes. I like two and a half hour movies. I I I, I don't know. I, I like they, them too. They feel more epic that way. This all I don't mind it, but it would be three hours of Matthew McConaughey. My my <laughs> so my complaint to this, and this is personal. This has nothing to do with anything other than how I ingest media. But it's it's my attention span. Like I tried starting the Dark Tower while mowing the lawn, and at, at all of a sudden, like ten minutes in, and I'm like, I realize I'm thinking about what I'm going to make for dinner in three days, or what color underwear I'm going to wear tomorrow. And that's just me as a person, and I just overstimulated, and it's hard to focus in on one thing. No, it is tough. I saw two movies this week by myself, Wonder Woman and Spider-Man, and um, I really cannot sit still. I just, I can't, like, I yep. just, I really just get, I'm antsy, and like, I'm not yep. checking my phone. I'm trying really hard <laughs> not to check my phone. Thank God for my watch. 
230 is definitely a bit of a stretch now after so many blockbusters i mean we're talking the last 10 years you know the status quo has been like if you're releasing a superhero movie it must be two hours and 15 minutes at least and i miss the days when john carpenter was making movies at 100 minutes you know 115 minutes like that's a perfect running time and um yeah, let's hope Dark yeah, Tower gets. I, I really hope. I like the trailer. I let's hope it actually turns out to be really good. I don't know why they keep going to these these fairly green directors for all these big tempo movies. I wish they because they're cheap. Yeah. yeah, and you could probably push them around and get them to do shit the way that whoever that's exactly, is. That's exactly they why. Want yeah, but it's a shame because that's then that's usually why these movies aren't as good. I'm not disagreeing. Um, and you're, you guys are the movie makers, not but me. I, I hope Dark Tower is good. I, I like the trailer. I love the uh, the source material. I'm fine with them changing things. Idris Elba looks read, amazing. Have you read all the books? I audio booked all the books uh, over the uh, like. Uh, that counts as reading. Yeah, it was like me, a six month uh, thing. Uh, it's awesome. I'm totally on board. And Were I did Salem's Lot too. Also read by Tony Shalhoub from Wings as Antonio because <laughs> that's a good thing to do. I I can't wait to read Carrie by Roy Biggins. And uh, <laughs> um, wow. no, I also did Salem's Lot in the middle of my marathon because Salem's Lot uh, is such a big part of the second half of the Dark Tower series. So it's cool that you guys just covered Salem's Lot. Oh. Father, uh, Father Callahan is a major character in the Dark Tower series. Did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was th- that was one of those things where three hours of movie, even watching it at home, having the ability to pause and stuff was too much there's no story in salem's lot there's nothing i i I couldn't believe like spoilers for salem's lot but i'm so they're building the world they're doing world building and they're doing all this uh and then uh like like 90 percent of the book is done and then suddenly the story finally kicks off oh we gotta stop this vampire and then that's it well that's that's kind of what we talked about last week is uh yeah i haven't seen all like the you haven't seen okay yeah so if you the movie salem's lot and i'll give you the brief version because we did like not you know podcast last week but if you take out all the she's fucking his husband he's fucking her sister all that shit you have like a 60 <laughs> minute movie of actual content that pertains to a vampire <laughs> i didn't need the other two hours yeah but yeah. i get you're doing the whole it was made for tv right yeah uh yeah, yeah. so that's why. 1977 or 79 sorry and you it stands out, and there's there's certainly a lot of things that have, have taken influence from it. Uh, Fright Night is a big one, Lost Boys uh, as well. There yeah, was something compelling about it from the visual perspective, and it was it was uh, Toby Hooper who did uh, uh, Paul, uh, Texas uh, Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Yeah. Wait, so wait, so wait, wait. So you're right. I never even thought about that. Salem's Lot was it was that pretty much the first Americana um, suburban vampire, like a non Dracula. Uh, That's what, exactly what they were trying to avoid. And they make the Dracula in it, the vampire in it, look more like Nosferatu because they they felt and they didn't let him speak either. They didn't want to do anything that was akin to Dracula, which at that point in time was being made fun of in things like uh, Love at First Bite. With yeah. um, well, back Blackula was different, but of respite had <laughs> come out around that time, which was George Harrison or George Hamilton, sorry, and and was like a ridiculous spoof. Um, who was Renfield? Uh, the oh, the guy from Laughing, <laughs> but it was like at that point in time, we we had lost our uh, affinity for vampires as being scary because <laughs> they were all romanticized. It's kind of like Twilight has done to them now, yeah, yeah, huh? That's interesting. All right, I gotta listen to that episode. That you guys did last week. That we did last so week. Let's focus on this week's episode. What's our next news item? 
Panthers. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. I'm, I'm, I can't help it. I'm just a backseat producer. This is no. I like this is why I love having you on because a lot of times, and to anyone that's listening to this that has ever been on here or Mike, it, it, sometimes if you're not a host on your own, like I never want to stop a guest from a, a thought or saying something because conversation in its natural state is far better than just reading something. But having people like Jack on makes it easier to keep the show moving along because they know what it's like to have. A fucking guest that goes rogue and won't ever <laughs> stop talking. Also, podcasting well, I was just on the show two weeks ago. <laughs> That's why we set the timer on 90th percentile. It uh, it keeps things Maybe going. Um, but uh, you know, I've been podcasting with Dan for three years, so I've I've learned how to uh, just uh, hit the gas sometimes. Yeah. Also, so, you guys do a show that's timed. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you when you just talked about starting the timer? Fuck yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, that was that was important because we knew, especially with the uh, the 90th percentile, is meant to be. Let's talk about whatever we feel like. Let's just do this. This part of the show is is like our favorite part of the show. So that's why we like 90th percentile was supposed to be just that. Uh, and we knew, oh, my God, that's dangerous because we could go on for hours. We could just talk about shit for hours. So that we had to set the timer for, for that format to work, for that premise to work. That's true. And, and it works out. And especially with because I don't like editing and I know you edit. We heavily mm-hmm. but hate doing it. And I don't blame you one bit for it that having. The timer on 90s just makes life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, it sure, sure does. But the next news story, there's um, a creepy internet game happening. And uh, Dread Central needed help. And, uh, and since since Corey has put this in the show doc, <laughs> someone's fucking finished the game, which is insane. But it was, um, it was weird. People found QR codes at Comic-Con. You scan it, and it took you to this website that was mindgames.xyz, but there was three Gs. It's supposed to be 666 because people think Satan's cool. Um, and I mean, he, he gets a lot of work. Old smoky yeah. legs. He's they basically popular. said if you get to the end of the game, elected president of the United States or something. A solid fan. Yeah, he already did. Yeah, we already have Satan as a president. Um, Jack, Jack, if you want to call him a cunt, you can do that here too. Uh, I don't want to overplay my my uh, my hand, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I hope he just has the most slowest, painful death uh, imaginable for any. Quick sidebar. So, um, we have an echo in our kitchen. Nice. Do, the majority of the, the, the world <clears throat> but my wife said something and she goes oh shit they're probably like they're on to me now and i was like don't worry my old pal jack pacone calls trump a cunt 10 to 15 times per podcast and he's not arrested yet but so. the difference is, is people are listening to your kitchen <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm not worried that's why i'm not worried uh actually dan brought oh, out that same exact boy. point uh I, I don't know what gets cut and what doesn't uh, but I really laid into Trump. It might even be on a 90s percentile that hasn't aired yet. Uh, but I think it was actually on the worst episode ever that hasn't aired yet. And I think I'm going to cut it for deleted scenes. But I really like, uh, I, I, you know, I call for his death in, in, uh, in but like not, not by uh, humans because that's illegal. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I hope he gets cancer because uh, you can't, you that, can't arrest me for hoping somebody gets cancer. And, and <clears throat> no, needs to have healthcare, you know. Uh, exactly, yeah. So, but Dan was worried that because Amazon is uh, listening, that th- they could get me for that. Well, he's yeah. already fired Bezos, so it's probably fine. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I totally uh, forgot to send out a link so our our listeners could find could watch this uh-huh. live. That's fine. Um, trying to find it right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, I start. I, this was my fault that we started late. I couldn't find my pants before. <laughs> and so there's there was this internet game people went to this website and you basically had to solve clues um and then it was kind of interesting i don't know i didn't get to watch any of the there's videos and and web pages and you 
basically find a, a, a clue and then you append it to the the URL that they have and that's how it kind of you get from page to page huh. and um, has, has see, it there's... been figured out what who started it or what it's for I would assume well the final so there's a movie here there's 37 total links and the final one is the, the URL is directed by Victor Matthew I think that's how you say his name um and let me get there let me get there because there's a message that you guys have a link to, to <clears throat> the, i can't find it to youtube to this this Ooh. very recording right now Some fucking creepy right. music going on uh essentially it says congratulations you reached the end of the maze claim your prize by sending an email to this email uh say first name last name and say you want to be interviewed for the monster project um and it's it it basically it's a big uh pr stunt for a movie Huh. They usually are. Yeah, which is, is exactly what I expected. Um, such is life. But uh, very recording. Right now. Fucking creepy music going on. Uh, <sighs> you gotta mute that shit, Jack. I'm not playing anything. Oh, wasn't me. I blame Mike. Mike, was it you? What? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I was totally Mike. So yeah, that game happened. It was um, first some movie that's coming out in August. Um, the game that we were talking about earlier, for people who don't know, Player Unknown's uh, uh, Battlegrounds. Uh, I read, I found out, uh, found out about that game from AV Club, and it's a first-person shooter. But they they summed it up pretty well. It's actually a survival horror game. It's basically Hunger Games, where there's a hundred players, and yep. it's a giant, giant map. It's first-person shooter. And you all are in an airplane going over the island, and you pick where you want to jump out and parachute. And you have no gear; none, nobody has gear. And then you land, and then you all scramble for loot and just try to start shooting each other. You know, you you look for guns and scopes and armor and stuff. Uh, and apparently, it's really more about like hiding in closets, not getting seen, and waiting for the right moment to strike. It was compared to uh, Alien Isolation. Uh, so uh, your horror fan listeners might actually appreciate that game. Well, we, uh, our friends over at Ink Geek Studios uh, play it quite a bit on Twitch. So if you're not sure, just go on Twitch and watch it. But it, it's, it's turning a fun me game. into a Twitch convert. I've been watching it for hours. I never really thought of it as a horror or survival horror game, but I guess it is. I just it was more of a survival game. Right, 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 right. Um, Survi- last new surviving story. is horror. That's true. Yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro and Patron are making tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I think tequila is disgusting, but the packaging is pretty fucking tits, so I may pick some up. The packaging is really good on this. And uh, it's a good idea if you're watching some Guillermo del Toro stuff, it, it be drunk as possible. What's it going to be true. called? Pacific Rim of Salt? Huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? Jack, you're done. I'm Pan's you. Lab ba- Absinthe? Labsynth? Patron X Tequila. That one wasn't as it's, good. It's deeply aged and blended. Oh. Just like me. Yeah. It's just called Patron Tequila X Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Everybody, I guess he saw George Clooney make a billion dollars selling his tequila, so he thought, why not me? Uh, no, that's true. I mean, there's there's money in liquor, so um, yeah, fucking whatever. But yeah, it's... Uh, <clears throat> Are you uh, prepared for the cost? I don't drink tequila. Well, still, it's four hundred and seventy-five dollars a bottle, and you can pre-order it through Reserve Bar. 
Isn't that on par with some of the beers that you've purchased, though? No, I've never spent more than $100 on a bottle. I have, mm, I've never spent more than $40 on a bottle. Yeah, so... I have sold beer for over if $200. You, if you compare what a regular beer costs to a regular bottle of tequila, the the cost of... But of, you, can, you can get a bottle of tequila for the same cost that I purchase for a bottle of beer, say $20. Right, but most people don't buy beer for $20. That's, no, that's, that, my point. that's true. If, if you're going yeah. off of average tequila and average beer, cost per fluid ounce, it should be comparable that $475, you spending $100 on a bottle of beer to, to get the equivalent in tequila, it's it's right up there. But but here's here's my thing is... Uh, you just want to drink your beer. No, shut up. Uh, <laughs> okay, cost versus... Is $475 worth it, or are you paying $475 because it's Guillermo del Toro? It, I, I would say, say it's, the name. It, it's, it's certainly the name. If you are That's a fan, the then it's it's cool. But like, the other I, part is the packaging. <clears throat> the packaging, it comes with two candles. It's like a Day of the Dead sort of design. It's something that you're going to have up on your mantle if you're that sort of collector. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to sell it. it. It's not him himself. If it was something like... Guillermo del Toro designed a bottle and it looks like something straight out of one of his his movies, The Creatures, that would be enough to to increase the cost quite a bit. This is, frankly, it's a work of art that you can drink and get shit faced out. Well, that's true. There was, um, I was out in Minnesota and there was a, a bottle of Hennessy and it was purple. Like the liquid is purple and I asked the chick why it was purple and long story short, she didn't tell me why Hennessy was purple, but it comes in this big box with um, <clears throat> like the old school 3D glasses, but it's just three big color panes. Huh. And depending on what color you're looking through at the packaging is what picture will stand out at you. And she goes, it was like 60 bucks a box. And had she told me why the Hennessy was purple, I likely would have purchased it because <laughs> I've never drank Hennessy. She's a salesperson who sucks. Horrendously. She made a comment about me spending $30 on like four bottles of beer. <laughs> and I'm like, this is your fucking job. Shut up and take my money. <sighs> All right, guys. I uh, I give up. I can't find the link to this uh, video. Um, I put it in the the chat here. I the chat here. We have a chat. Yeah, that's why I was. I didn't even know you're still looking. Oh, thank you, Corey. You're welcome. Uh, next news item. That's that's it. the last one. We're talking about a movie now. Oh, awesome. I put it in the the chat here. I the chat here. We have yeah, chat. that's why I was. I didn't even know you're still looking. Oh, thank you, Corey. <laughs> that was my that that time that was me. That, that was I that was me that time. <laughs> I got really confused. I got super confused. See, at least before when I fucked up, I was trying to figure out how it works. Jack, you're a seasoned veteran here. Uh, no, we don't. That's why he we has don't two do two fucking podcasts. If you haven't heard, yeah, but they don't live stream it. Like no, we hell. can't. We cannot figure out YouTube. It's we pretty easy. Figure you just out the push a couple buttons. Well, when you mentioned you heard something like the other side, I was trying to think like, wait a minute, I'm wearing headphones. How does that happen? But, uh, <laughs> So then I panicked and just closed all my windows. <laughs> all of a sudden, Mike was gone for the podcast. I just spilled a quart cup of coffee all over my kid. <laughs> he had a good run. Um, let's go ahead and get into Jaws. That's our movie this week, if you weren't paying any attention to what I never said it before. Funny that you picked this, Jack. This week is Shark Week. Oh, what a happy coincidence. Um, yeah. I picked it because... Um, it's the perfect summer movie. I thought this is a, you know, we're right smack in the middle of the summer. Uh, and uh, nothing, I, I really do feel like if you made a list of top five summer movies, uh, this would be one of them. 
know, creation maybe, of maybe the one crazy fun. summer would also be up there. Uh, I don't know what else. One crazy summer should definitely be up there. <laughs> um, but it just, it's, it's, you know, it just, I think I, I didn't realize, even though that this was like the 20th time I watched the movie or whatever, uh, I never realized it took place uh, in Massachusetts. I always pictured it. I always thought it was the Jersey Shore for some reason. Uh, but I realized it was uh, it was Massachusetts this time around. Uh, but it reminds me of like, you know, I, every summer I would go to the Jersey Shore. I was just uh, go to the beach. Is it Massachusetts? I thought it was Long Island. Is it Long Island? Oh, so maybe they I'm sh- wrong. They shot it at Martha, but it's Amity, Amityville, right? Which is, or no, sorry, just Amity, which is a... Um, a uh, false town. So it's like a to... North Coast uh, Long Island thing. I mean, they say what it's that whole speech about, uh, or not a speech. They're making fun line. of New England accents, and then there's a part where he says, "We've got fishermen coming from Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, and uh, I forget what the other state was, but they didn't say Massachusetts. That's why I assumed it was Massachusetts." I guess I yeah. I guess now that I think about it, I never heard any distinct New York references. So yeah, could be. It was shot in Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Right. Right. Seem to have lost Matt, so we better halt because he's the one who records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you're right. Long Island, New York. Well, I'm an asshole. <laughs> oh boy, I'm getting hungry. My wife has made meatloaf twice this week because I got a bunch of hamburger and I made it into patties. So I had hamburgers going into the first meatloaf. And then the day that I finished off the that one, uh, she came home. And she's like, I'm making another meatloaf. And I'm just like, I'm never going to poop. I'm never, <laughs> ever going to poop. I love meatloaf so much. I haven't had it. I never have it anymore because I, I don't know how to make it. My uh, my mother used to make it in cupcake tins. So she would, yeah. she, and then she would freeze them. And then I would just come home late from work and I would like take one out and just pop it in the microwave. It was awesome. I was going to say, I don't think, uh, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever had meatloaf in my life. It was just one of those things that neither of my parents ever cooked. And I mean, I probably had it like at school. I remember it was part of the school lunch, but it always kind of. There's a deli around the corner from us at work. Uh, We got to go get it sometime. It's pretty good. All right. She makes it in our Instapot. Nice. Uh, So it's, it's basically, it's a pressure cooker that it does an excellent job. And she's not a big fan of meatloaf normally either. But when she made it the first time, she's like, Oh, this is actually pretty good. I think she'd always just had some version that she didn't enjoy. And it, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, um, it's essentially just ground beef and breadcrumbs and seasoning spices, right? Yeah. 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 We uh, use uh, Italian flavored panko breadcrumbs and, and just whatever else she puts in there. And it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's so good. It's so good. I'm, oh, now I'm craving it so much. Oh man. Um, yeah, no, we definitely have to try it. We have to get some. I was telling Corey and Matt before you uh, before you showed up that I, I was out trying to find a place to kayak uh, today and I was on my way back and I stopped at Burger King and I have to stop at Burger King or McDonald's in my car and then eat in the parking lot so that my wife doesn't know that. I've <laughs> <laughs> Did she? She's not home, is she? But well, she's upset when when I was about to start recording, I was just like, "You gotta go upstairs." She was watching Friends in the room over here. I was like, "You gotta go upstairs," and I can't have this. I can't have you playing anything. So now she's upstairs watching The Iron Giant on DVD. Yeah, try having that conversation with her twice a week, like I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't be good. She's already taking taking my big TV. Like since the day I bought the big TV for our viewing pleasure, she just watches uh, Friends and 
Frasier and shit like that. <laughs> so what I do. I have to beg to sit down and watch like, uh, you know, can we watch Rogue One today? Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome back, Matt. Welcome back, Mac. Did I miss anything? We talked about meatloaf. For... meatloaf. <laughs> I fucking love meatloaf too. <laughs> <laughs> I really am craving some now. Now I really want, uh, I, I'm so broke. I really cannot spend another dollar, but I kind of want to order someone seamless right now. All right. Jack, you come over and mow my lawn. I'll give you beer and me a little. I know, but I need immediate gratification. I don't do long-term goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, so let's get let's start with Jaws. So I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know what didn't get recorded and what didn't uh, just now. Well, now the entire recording is out the window, so I'm going to be forced to strip <laughs> um, the audio from the YouTube video. and um, I have the audio, too, if it. you need it. Um, oh, that's up to you. Well, it's up to you. I don't give a I'm shit. Either, I'm either getting it from you or I'm pulling it out of the YouTube video. All right, I can. I mean, I can send you the files if it's easier. It, it depends on what you, you... You probably won't sound that well, though. I'm only recording you guys off of my speakers. Um, but I'll send it to you if you need it. Um, no, so let's talk Jaws, right? Or do we have to do all the news bits again? No, 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 no. <laughs> like I said, the worst case, I'll just download the YouTube video to audio and then just cut it apart. Okay, so... Jaws, I just said uh, before our little technical snafu that uh, I j- never realized that it took place in Massachusetts. Uh, I was wrong. It takes place in Long Island. Mike was right. Uh, so I didn't I didn't realize it also took place in Long Island. I don't consider that beach country, but I guess it is. Cause it's I guess I-, I didn't really think uh, any of that because... Well, it's the Long Island Sound, care. the north coast of Long Island, which is like, it's not open water. It's a very, very big bay, but I don't consider, like, you can see Connecticut from the other side. I've gone a couple of times. It's nice, but I don't know. If you see land on the other side, I don't consider it the beach. I live by a cornfield. <laughs> which is full of sharks. Which is full of sharks. Yeah, you've got, you've never gone but to the beach really ever? they're fat because of all the corn. What was that, Jack? Have you ever gone to the beach ever? Yeah, I used to live on Lake Michigan. No, but like a like the real beach. The a real beach? No, yeah, I'm not ocean. a beach type. I'm not like I'm not. Uh, I'm per se someone you don't want to see without a shirt on. <laughs> that's not what that's the, the the beach is about going and uh, and hearing the waves and literally all your troubles just floating into the ether. You know it's where okay else they can you do have that? Man boobs. It's okay. I don't really have boobs. <laughs> just call them flotation devices. <laughs> Didn't stop Chris Christie. No, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Um, um, I've never been to a beach on the ocean because apparently do you Lake Michigan beaches don't count. Uh, lake Michigan's a very big lake, so I'm sure it's a nice beach. It really is. But the, but the lake is always super cold, so no one swims Ooh. in it ever. My point being is I am not a beach person. Going to the beach, like going to Mexico is not, it doesn't interest me. Like I want to go to Ireland where it's yeah. dark and dreary and fucking wet and shitty. So you're, and you're Sheriff whiskey. Brody. You're the Sheriff Brody in our, in our group here. Um, no, and then, so the reason I picked Jaws is because it is a perfect summer movie. It also uh, is considered. I feel like you're hosting this podcast now. That's fine. <laughs> Let him. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please it's, do. Uh, All right. I mean, Jack, you, you, your new host. You can talk about your, your man boobs again, uh, for another 20 minutes if you want. You want me to whip them out? <laughs> I'd like to see a boob, please. All right. That's fine. Nice. There it is. Nice. That, that wasn't the one I wanted to say. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. That's Thank you. Happened. There we go. Yeah. Um, the the where's Waldo of nipples is like, seriously. I was say, is that uh, is that a nipple or is that Poochie's face? <laughs> now Matt's Poochie actually <laughs> Matt's planning to break his brother out of prison. <laughs> it's all uh, part of the plan. Um, that's true. No, the trick is Matt would not break his brother out. 
<laughs> exactly. I wasn't going to say it. I'm glad Corey said it. <laughs> but I want to mention why uh, I uh, specific, I like, uh, I know you guys were going to try to get Mike on the show at some point, but why I asked him to join me uh, for this one is because uh, he's a big Spielberg guy uh, and he's a big Jaws guy. So I figured he would actually know more about the movie than me. Although then I found out a couple of days ago that he's only seen Close Encounters once. So I don't know how much of a good Spielberg guy he is. Because Close Encounters is well, incredible. Close Encounters is coming back out in the theaters. Yeah, pretty soon. I, I really want to see it. Uh, it's one. It's such an impre- It's one of my favorite movies. What, is it? Is it playing for several shows, or is it like a one night only I think thing? It's or? one night only. Really? 4K. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because we were watching uh, the making of Jaws with my wife the other night, and she had mentioned something about Close Encounters because they mentioned Close Encounters, I think, and uh, she was saying that she'd never seen it, and then I brought up our conversation and. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'd I like think to it's check it again. But yeah. as I was telling Jack, um, we talked about it. And I remember at the time that I saw it, I think I was about 18. And I don't know why this decision burned me in the way that it did. But if spoilers for Close Encounter, um, Richard Dreyfuss' character basically just uh, dumps his whole family to go on this uh, on this spaceship and meet these isn't, aliens. Isn't and, that the dream? I think, well, and, you <laughs> know, dump your family thing. for a spaceship? I think I was just, and also, you know, with Spielberg's sentimentality, I couldn't imagine him making that choice to do that as a filmmaker, um, which I guess uh, he has gone back and said if he had children, he would have never done that decision. But um, yeah, I'm sure now being a little older, a little more jaded, I would probably watch it and say like, yeah, his kid's a pain in the ass, his wife sucks, I would totally get on a plane. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I would like to check it again and uh, with some new eyes and a little more uh, grit from the world on me. Yeah, and Close Encounters was his follow-up to Jaws, I think, and it was where they gave him a much bigger budget, and that was because uh, he basically became the super-famous director we know pretty much right out of the gate. This was, Jaws was his second or third film, and I think it's it and Star Wars uh, are considered pretty much the the first summer blockbuster. The started the, there wasn't like a summer movie season until until Jaws, yeah. so it is the perfect summer movie in two respects. And I saw a couple couple numerical facts here. I saw that Jaws uh, was the first movie to make over $100 million at the box office, beating out um, several movies, Exorcist, The Sting, Gone with the Wind. Um, but uh, the biggest one before that was The Godfather at $85 million. So <laughs> Jaws, I mean, $15 million back in 75, you know, that's a huge intake. Um, yeah, so, yeah. they got beat by E.T., and then E.T. got beat by Jurassic Park. So yeah, Spielberg so is uh, uh, rolling in the green. Yeah. Do you think he listens to Limpus Gets Rolling while counting his money? I think that's the only song he's ever listened to ever. I think he never heard any music <laughs> until he was 55 years old. And then he heard Rolling, and now he just plays that on an infinite loop. I don't blame him. Limp Bizkit is the height of music. <laughs> like, it doesn't get any better than Limp Bizkit. No, I think what you mean is you have to be high to listen to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so no, I'm curious. no no Olympus gets great all the time. So I'm curious. Uh, I imagine Corey has seen Jaws a number of times. Uh, I'm Matt. You no, you ac- are completely unpredictable. Actually, I I have only seen it once before, and that really? was for a podcast I did a couple years ago uh, with Glenn Rubenstein, who was on here a couple months back. He forced uh, Gregor and I from Elsnerds to do it. That was the precursor show to Elsnerds, yeah. actually. Um, I had never wanted to see it because I think I saw the opening of it on TV on ABC or something one day. And the the woman at the beginning who's basically getting dragged around the water, that freaked me out so bad. I'm like, nope, fuck wow, that. Wow, really? Uh, one, never swimming again. And two, it's like... 
just I'm not it, I know I seem like a guy who enjoys watching people uh, get eaten <laughs> alive, but you have that. It's, it's kind of one of my quirks. Yeah. No, not really. It's not not my thing. Um, no, so that's funny because it is considered one of the scariest movies. Uh, it was considered a really scary, like a horror movie. Uh, and you know, people wouldn't go to the beach, wouldn't go in the water after the movie came out, and it was really it really freaked people out. And I don't know. I guess I I don't remember watching it for the first time. It was just always there. Like I know I was watching it as a, at a very very young age, and I never found it. I never watched it as a scary movie. It was always just I don't want to call it an action movie, but it was just a movie. I just you know. The jump scares with the shark, and I it never, I just never saw it as that kind of genre. I don't know why. I did have a really freaky recurring nightmare as a toddler. Uh, I probably the only recurring nightmare I've ever had, maybe. Uh, and it was, it's the very first dream, the earliest dream I could ever remember. And it was basically, I was on a fishing boat, and the shark came out and, and tried to eat me, uh, and um, a lot of other details I won't go into. But it, so I guess it did leave some impression. But I, I really never saw it as a quote unquote scary movie. Yeah, I think it's a lot more of just a good movie with several scary parts. You yeah. know, there's a couple pieces inserted in there. It's even though I know it's classically called a horror movie, I don't think of it as a horror. But most of it takes place during the daytime, which is very um, the opposite different. of horror. Yeah, and um, I don't know. But that being said, I mean, I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid, and especially the sequels, Jaws two in particular, which has a little bit more. Uh, like I remember when I was a little kid, the scariest thing that I could ever see was like a monster eating a person. Like the thought of being devoured. Like if anyone has ever seen King Kong Lives, which is a really really <laughs> bad movie from the early eighties, uh, there's a scene where like uh, a bunch of construction workers or something or hunters have have King Kong kind of tied up and they're like throwing rocks at his head or whatever, and he breaks free. And he just picks two guys up. One of them he rips in half, and the other one he just goes like halt. You know, like Homer Kong <laughs> and uh, just stuff like that always freaked me out. And uh, so there's a lot of that in Jaws, too. And uh, but I also remember, you know, we had a swimming pool when I was growing up. And uh, I remember if I was swimming at night and staring into the deep end and I'm a really good swimmer, but I was always like even my imagination would just play with me, you know, and uh, you want to rub that in my face a little more that you're a really good swimmer. Because I can't swim. I, I, feel like I don't know how to swim either. So yeah, I'm fucking terrible at it. You're in good company. Oh, wow. I grew up swimming, at, I, but at the at a pool in the YMCA. It was like right. every week, my school or I went to day camp with the YMCA, and so I swam all the time as a kid. Uh, and but that's why I will swim in a pool. I don't like to swim in fresh water or the ocean yeah. at all. You have that vulnerability of not being able to see your feet. Yep, and you never know what's going to come up and just nip at you. You know it's exactly. Like, I am lucky. Yeah, that's why I don't like going in lakes. I I've, I don't I don't know if I've ever gone. I've only once or twice maybe actually gone into a lake. I, I the water at least really up close at the shore in the ocean. I, I you don't really see that much fish. I, I would freak out if I was if I actually saw it. like you know harmless guppies or whatever. I still ugh, ugh, just them swimming around. Just the idea that something would nibble at your toe like it's bait. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, the you. crabs will get you uh, on the shore definitely. But yeah. And if you do feel that little nibble, you no matter who you are, you will uh, kick and thrash like as hard as you possibly can. You will. I will scream go. like a little girl lost in the woods. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Matt, what's your history with Jaws? This is the first time I've seen it start to finish. Yeah, I figured. You fucking idiot. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit that I watched Jaws wow. three wow. quite a few times. Dennis Quaid, as a, yeah, as a teenager a stud. Uh, Something about the the water park aspect of it. I, I don't know. It just that was a little different for me. That one I could handle. Um, uh, be, 
because they humanized the shark a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jaws three, I've only seen maybe once, never even start to finish. Um, Jaws two, I've only caught a couple times on TV. Jaws four is probably the one I saw the most. That was always on TV. The Revenge, with re- Michael Caine. Yeah. All I know about Jaws four is it's the movie that Richard Jenny just tore to <laughs> shit in one of his live acts, where he's like, "Yeah, so if you want to get to Hawaii, if you want to do travel, what's the fastest way?" fucking shark you, you, you're a shark you swim because it's faster than a goddamn airplane <laughs> yeah yeah the shark beats them there to the bahamas uh i could talk about jaws four all day maybe in a, in a future uh pot i'm uh, actually really impressed that you didn't choose a sequel to a horror movie this i know is the first time i, I do like doing the sequels yeah uh, is this our first original no leviathan uh, never mind you did leviathan there yeah. is no sequels to that but um, i try and forget that day <laughs> did you like this or was this or is this another leviathan for you so <clears throat> Um, it it wasn't a Leviathan, but it wasn't like, oh, this movie's fucking great. Point being, is I could see in the seventies this movie being very, very good and very, very scary. To me, at this point, seeing it for the first time in twenty seventeen, having watched now over a hundred movies for this podcast, <clears throat> it wasn't like that terrifying. It was just kind of cheesy, but I still see how it was good. Um, I I kind of my the way I looked at it was it's like Strange Land for me how I love it and Corey thought it was kind of shitty, but had I saw Jaws when I was a kid and I watched it again now it would have been much like I remember how cool it was to see it then. Yeah. Whereas Strange Land's fucking cool to see then. It's it's really not a great movie, but it just reminds me of being younger and like the beginning of getting into horror. So I can really see why people think it's. I shouldn't say why people think why it's it's revered as such a great movie and such a great horror movie and a cornerstone of modern horror. I mean, it does it does suffer from the fact that uh, there's been generations of imitators that mm-hmm. make it seemingly, in retrospect, I, less original. But so I was telling I was telling Mike before you got here. If we can pull up when I was looking for my pants. Yeah, when you're looking for your pants. So it is it is currently. Um, shark week and my and i found out because my wife turned on sling and went to sci-fi and there was um robo sharktopus versus asian (laughs) hooker you know uh, jaws seven and it's literally fucking all day is shitty shark horror movies sharknado versus croctopus 12 (laughs) um so so to, to your point is yes jaws was the originator of all of Without Jaws, I bet Sharknado would never have been a thing. And there's five fucking Sharknado movies. There's more Sharknados than there are Jaws movies, which is <laughs> yeah. itself kind of a sad statement about the world. All the Jaws movies are available on Encore, I think, this month. Uh, yeah, it's Encore Stars, one of them. So I, I went and I found the movie, and then I realized, oh, shit, I could just watch this through on demand. And then they were playing all four of them over the weekend anyways. Oh, that's awesome. So it just, it, yeah, this, it's certainly, I think you're right. It's it's a perfect summer movie and, and people expect that. But it's also, yeah, it's, it's Shark Week. But I, so, um, well, I just want to say uh, the legacy is one thing. The fact that it has spawned an entire movie genre and it spawned uh, the horror as blockbuster popcorn and entertainment is all one thing. But just in terms, if you take all of that out and you just look at it in a vacuum, it is just such a superbly crafted film it is spielberg at maybe not his height but close it's such it's like every shot uh you know this is getting film school nerd here every shot is there's so many brilliant shots in there um yeah, it's film school in two hours basically yeah well and that's 
that's why I like having you on. It has one of the it has one of the greatest one shot one takes all time. So there's a very shout out to every frame of painting, which is this really cool YouTube series that I'm I I really appreciate, uh, done by an editor named uh, I forget. Um, but uh, it he does a he does these really cool. Uh, like eight to nine minute videos about certain filmmaking techniques. And he talks about how Spielberg does these one takes and he's not famous for them. You know, Scorsese's famous for this, that one shot in Goodfellas where they walk through the club. Um, uh, what's the guy that did children of men and gravity gravity. He's famous for doing them. Joss Whedon is famous for doing them. Uh, Spielberg does them, but he hides them so that you don't even notice you're doing it. And that's actually better because it's less showy. It does. It takes you, doesn't take you out of the movie and immerses you more into it because it almost feels like you're watching a play. And there's like four or five of these awesome shots in Jaws. But the best is when they're on the ferry and they're going across the water and he's arguing with the mayor and the camera doesn't even move. It's on a tripod and it's just face it. Like they, they just let the camera run. But uh, the actors keep coming in and out of frame and they're on a ferry boat that's turning. So the background is completely changed. It, it, it looks like 35 different shots and the camera doesn't move once for two minutes. It's awesome. Yeah, it's all about blocking instead of editing. It's uh, an older, older style of filmmaking, which is pretty much lost these days in current filmmaking. Uh, Tony Zhao is uh, yes, that the, was it. Uh, that was exactly what yeah. I was going to say, but I didn't want I didn't want to like have it be a slightly different Italian first name and slightly different Asian last name and me sound racist. I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, it was like uh, it was like Johnny Chow, you know, Ricky Chow. <laughs> Um, I do want to point out that this week on Sci-Fi, literally starting today, the day we're recording this, which is July 30th, Sunday, um, they have, it's called Sharknado Week. So tonight is Five-Headed Shark Attack. Tomorrow night, Mississippi River Sharks. Um, August 2nd, Trailer Park Shark. <laughs> August 3rd, Toxic Shark. August 5th, Empire of the Sharks. Uh, all coming to a head with the brand new August 6th release, Sharknado 5 global swarming <laughs> i've never seen a single sharknado film me neither we should um, probably do that i do love deep blue sea that's like the 90s version of jaws and it is it's schlock mm-hmm. but it's very well done schlock it's Rennie yeah, Deep blue sea is awesome yeah they're doing a sequel really they, they oh. we did it as a news story a couple weeks ago is that there's going to be a sequel are they gonna bring blue tom sea, jane which... and ll cool j back <laughs> i i can't imagine that you do it any other way and it seems like both those guys would take the paychecks oh yeah did uh, um, Michael Rappaport survive that movie? I no, spoilers, uh, he dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so does Stellan oh. Skarsgård. And, uh, two feet, give or take a centimeter. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, all right, we need, we need some, somebody to cast for this uh, PhD oceanographer, marine biologist, uh, uh, daredevil, uh, deep, dive, deep scuba diver. Who should we get? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's get that guy who sounds like he got hit on the head as a baby. <laughs> let's, yeah. get, let's get Michael Rappaport. I think... Uh, Former barback Michael Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm going to choose a shark movie that is just the ultimate of how the fuck does this even happen? Have you guys heard of the movie called Bait? With uh, Jamie Foxx and, and that directed by Anton Fuqua? Uh, I don't think so. This is from 2012. It's no, no, no. a freak tsunami traps shoppers at a coastal Australian supermarket inside the building along with a 12 foot great uh, along with 12 foot great white shark so it's a bunch of sharks in a supermarket that's a cool premise i gotta be honest it's one of those things that i i can't believe it exists and i can't believe that i haven't watched yet it's got to go on the list it would basically be like tremors where they're all hiding on top of the uh the shelves or on the roof i guess 
China. I'm actually looking at the production still, or no, I guess it's actually screen grabs on uh, IMDb right now, and it looks exactly like the supermarket from Tremors. It's <laughs> flooded with water and sharks underneath it. That's kind of awesome. Another thing we have in the dock of like movies that we could potentially do at some point on the show was uh, Shark Exorcist. That came out on <laughs> I do kind of want to watch that one. Yeah. That sounds incredible, actually. Is the shark yeah. possessed or is the shark the priest? Like, is the shark doing the exorcism? <laughs> you get possessed by a shark. Exorcist in a priest collar, like standing over a bed. <laughs> the, the land shark standing. The, so it's like two great SNL sticks mixed together. It's it's the exorcist one with Richard Pryor and the land shark one. <laughs> Let's make that a Ding movie. Dong. Who's there? Exorcist. Anagram. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the the movie poster for Shark Exorcist I think is my favorite. Which it's just like the Satan shark popping out of the water and a priest just holding a cross. That's such a brilliant idea. God bless. But him. the tagline, Satan has jaws. Eh. No, no, no! Don't don't make that sound, Jack. You know it's good. Eh. Running time of an hour and twenty minutes. So dark tower yeah, length straight to the point yeah, yeah that's right it's it's the next dark tower that came out two years ago <laughs> holy shit customers who viewed shark exorcist also viewed shark and ass women's prison massacre i don't know what that Sharkans- is is it shark kansas or is it supposed to be shark and saw <laughs> shark and saw is kind of shark. shark and saw should be the name of like a like a, a blue yeah. bluegrass metal band <laughs> and all in marine gear and stuff <laughs> Shark and like, is the probably the greatest word I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I think it's, it's supposed to be shark and saw, but yeah, shark and saw. Okay. Um. So. With. All right. So in this movie, one of the things that that rings in my ear because I hadn't seen it until later was how much Kevin Smith stuff has has come oh, yeah. from Josh. Yeah. Because obviously, there's the famous lines in in Mallrats where he's talking about. How he was going to propose uh, at the on the ride when Jaws pops right out of the water, um, and and that part, yeah. But the other part was when Hooper and Quint were comparing scars, and that was right out of Chasing Amy. And I realized, oh shit, you know that whole scene—that's yeah. another thing where Smith is stealing from his favorite directors, and and that kind of stuff. Just kind of like there was also Quint's line of um, to swim in with bow-legged women. And I'd swear I heard that uses a toast in some more modern movie hmm. later on, but I couldn't find it anywhere. But it, it's just those kind of things stick out to me. And it's like, yeah, again, this is it makes sense that everybody's going to reference this film. It's like every fucking movie has some asshole quoting Scarface in it. And I don't <laughs> give a shit about Scarface, but it seems like it's hit the zeitgeist so much that everybody has to quote Scarface and everything. Yeah. And Clerks has uh, Clerks has a close up of him eating salsa and he uses the tortilla chip as a shark fin. Uh, also, yep. the character Brody. Uh, that Jason Lee plays and mm-hmm. Mallrats is named after uh, Brody. Uh, and I think there's a Brody, there's a few Brodies uh, and Hoopers in other Kevin Smith scripts. And if you read uh, his spec Superman script that almost got made with Nick Cage, uh, there was a kid named Brody in it too. Yeah, that makes sense. He's big, big Jaws fan. Big Jaws, big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, he's such a such a cool movie buff. It's a shame he just I just can't watch him. He's just such a big douche and just he's just. Why so isn't stupid. he copying 1941? Because that's Spielberg <laughs> at his best. They need to remake that for our times. Yeah, they do. 
1981. Um, <laughs> at, at what point do you stop being a movie buff and you just kind of become like a dick writer? You're just regurgitating other people's good stuff? That too. That's that, probably a better way to Ask Ready it. Player One because that's essentially... <laughs> I fucking, that fucking love that book and I'm excited yeah. for that movie. You shut your fucking I'm not talker. shitting on it. I'm just saying that that's where we're at right now is the fact that Ready Player One was a book that was completely built around nostalgia and yeah. off of the, the hard work of all these things that came before it. So it's just shorthand to all these things that bring it out of your heart. Like, oh yeah, I remember this and I love this thing. And, and so then you see it up on the screen. It's like, yeah, I get to see the Iron Giant on the screen again. That's great, but it's not the Iron Giant. Yeah, it needs it, it needs a good story because um I you it is something new. Ready Player One is something original in the fact that it's about nostalgia. And obviously, I host a '90s podcast, and uh, at, some, at some point, I realized ninety percent of my writing, my prose, and my screenplays all had this heavy nostalgic theme that I, it wasn't even apparent to me. I was subconscious. So he he is saying something about nostalgia. Uh, that right. said, I don't think it's a very good book, and the story is really shitty. But uh, but I am but it's really great world wow. building, and I and the the theme of nostalgia is really cool. So the, the you know it's it's like there's some really good things about it, and I'm hoping the movie is is good. Spielberg is directing it. It's you, you know, know the same I guy did Jaws. That, I hate that Jack kind of made me realize that it's not the greatest story, but the nostalgia is what <laughs> made me really like it. Rip you you don't get don't give him shit for ripping off of uh Rush and uh and and no, video no, games no, no, and Star Wars and, because that it doesn't have anything to do with the story. It could those are just placeholders. Give him shit for ripping off of every shitty three act Robert McKee screenplay book. Uh, like it, it really is yeah. just the, uh, yeah. uh, the uh, screenplay by the numbers. Yeah. And it's very, <laughs> and you know, Jack kind of warned me, we were talking about ready player one and it took me a while to read it. And I just finished it about a month ago. And, um, it's very young adult. I mean, without take mm-hmm. the references away and it's very much a young adult novel. And, uh, that was, Oh yeah. It's, it's disappointing. That being said, I saw the trailer and, um, I can pick apart things to, be dissatisfied with but at the same time like my geek cylinders are firing uh, seeing the delorean 100%. come on yeah seeing the delorean and now we're getting steven spielberg directing the delorean which uh i oh, realize yeah. is a weird sentence but uh i i can't wait even I though can't. it'll be cgi delorean it won't yeah be the same. yeah it looks <laughs> a little cgi heavy and I, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, Spielberg has a history of adapting bad or mediocre books into really great movies. So like we'll Jaws. see what happens. That's exactly what he did with Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys yeah. read Jaws? Yeah. Do you know about the book Jaws? I read it uh, in high school. It is schlock. It is I like, hear it's really not good. Yeah. It's like, so I remember, I don't know, I, I, I guess because I learned this word. I, uh, it opens up with describing the girls on the beach and there's like a 16 year old uh, and her uh, her legs are just open just open enough so that you can catch a glimpse of her pudenda and I was like pudenda what's that uh, and in, that's a feminist agenda Jack and you should understand uh, that uh, you know not all men okay <laughs> um, yeah and there's it's very very like pulpy and uh, romantic novel uh, like sensual stuff in there like Fifty Shades of Grey shit uh, and actually Richard Dreyfuss's character Matt Hooper uh, in the book uh, he's either from the town or for whatever reason uh, his older brother dated Lorraine uh, Lorraine Gray uh, Brody's wife uh, and they start up a flirtation and there's a scene where they're in the car together and uh, they start quote unquote exploring each other and basically like feeling each other up and I think he maybe even fingers her uh, before they go mm. you know what this isn't right I don't want to cheat on my husband um, Are you I, sure you weren't reading The World According to Garp? <laughs> no, I, I am. Uh, there, there's other books with fingering in the car, Corey. <laughs> well, all books should have it. Um, no, no. It's so, the part I love best in the Bible. 
but the book is schlock, and the, the movie weird. I think was also the screen original screenplay was probably kind of schlocky. But Spielberg again brought craft, and uh, he also probably had a hand in rewriting the screenplay. Uh, and it has a lot of his familiar themes about fatherhood and, and family. Um, uh, it, 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 you know, it, 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 it's funny. Jaws is like two different movies. The first half is his great, great underdog story about this new sheriff from New York who has to deal with the townies and he's just trying to do his job and do what's best and not have any more people get eaten. And he's also got the stress of his family and his wife and his kids. And then the second half of the, is this like character play with these three guys trapped on a boat together. Um, it, I just, I love this movie so much. Yeah, and so that they, part of the movie is where I kind of really love it is the the three guys on the boat when they're that 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 is to me like all the stuff at the beginning is good and important and lays out the groundwork and the fact that the sheriff is fighting against the mayor of the town because the mayor is like no we have to save the town by by letting everybody come here this is the one point of the year where we get the most money and it saves the shops and everything so I'm going to risk everybody's safety because I know that there's sharks but otherwise we lose our, our livelihoods by not having the it's big, a, it's a great open. conflict. It's a great antagonist because yeah. he, he's got a point, um, you know, but, uh, but uh, it, it, it's a perfect kind of bad guy. It's like not, not super one note evil. Although I got to point yeah. something out that I noticed uh, watching it uh, a couple days ago. So they're worried. They don't, they don't want to mention sharks and they don't want to close down the beaches because all the businesses are going to lose their money. Uh, it's a small town that thrives on the summer season. Uh, but so they, they so that there's a scene where everybody's now on the beach and everybody's afraid to go in the water. And the mayor is like pressuring people to go in the water. He's walking around like, Hey, why don't you go in the water? Why don't you go in the water? Right. And then I was like, wait a second. So everybody's still going to the beach. There's, if anything, this will actually increase commerce. You ever go to a beach town in the summer? Like the mini golf is pretty much free before 5 p.m. because nobody goes because everybody's at the beach. You know, nobody's buying ice cream. Nobody's buying pizza. Nobody does that until around 5, 6 p.m. after everybody's left the beach. If anything, if nobody's going in the water, you, your hot dog sales are going to skyrocket. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Because this, this is pre, pre-food truck. This is pre send the taco truck down to the beach and sell the tacos and that we can close a restaurant itself, but we can go do this. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, yeah, a, there's but at the same time, Brody, who believes that there's sharks and believes that everybody should stay out of the water, also lets his fucking kids hang out down there. Well, yeah, he don't go in the bay or just stay in yeah. the bay, which is uh, apparently this giant body of water where the shark is fine to go into. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that, that's actually a great scene too, where, uh, they're playing on the dock, uh, and the, the wife is like, uh, I can't, why can't I think of her name? Um, and, uh, she says, uh, and Corey gave me this super useful Google doc I am not using, uh, but, uh, she, uh, what's, what's, what's her name? It's, uh, Ellen. Ellen. So she's like, uh, go easy on him. It's his birthday. Let him play in the boat. Uh, and then uh, she's reading this book and she see, flips to a page and it shows that sharks can bite right through the boat. And she just suddenly goes, get out of the boat. Yeah, exactly. Those like fi- family dynamics make the movie. That's what's missing from uh, Sharknado. Besides having like shittier actors and, and shittier uh, screenplay and shittier effects, it's really they're, they're more concerned with, hey, let's get this shark to eat as many people as possible. Whereas Jaws has a different agenda. It's it's really well, Sharknado isn't really a ripoff of Jaws as much no, as yeah. it's a ripoff of Evil Dead. Uh, it it's much more of a it yeah. not even Evil Dead as much as Ash uh, the Army of Darkness one. That's what it's trying to be. Okay, all right, that makes more sense. I, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're not trying to make Jaws. It's just another shark movie. But uh, but that's what I guess what I'm saying is I'm drawing a line. Although Army of Darkness is a good movie. So I don't, 
I don't know what the yeah no it's a great movie um but like like Mike had said before it's it's really just this good movie that has horror elements to it it's you know and, and in terms of like you're you're invested in the characters you actually get uh, very quickly you get uh, invested in Brody as the protagonist and you, you know you want him to succeed and you want him to you know get the mayor to turn his back and but not lose his kids respect there's a great scene where the the kid the he's drinking because he's depressed and uh, the kid has a glass of milk and he's mimicking his father and everything Brody does his son does and it's really re- yeah, yeah it's, it's really touching yeah adds uh, a great level of humanity and family to that character I mean that's the big thing is the big three Brody Hooper and Quint are such well-written characters and you know they don't have a ton of time each of them on screen to develop their characters but for a summer blockbuster or a summer action movie um they each have a little little tidbit which really i mean it's a couple lines but it really informs their character and you know exactly who you're watching and you can sympathize with them i think i mean even you know matt hooper who is arguably the most insufferable character out of them all is still really well written and you you kind of go along with him you know he's kind of the brains uh i guess um yeah who Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I need to point something out. Um, I just got, uh, so me and Matt uh, share activity goals on our Apple watches uh, as incentive. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's incentive for us to work out more. So if, if one of us hits our calorie goal or our workout goal, the other one gets a little buzz and says, hey, uh, Jack just uh, ran a mile. You know, you got to beat him. Anyway, I just got a, an activity alert that Matt just uh, moved 200% more than his goal. I'm watching you just sit there. Oh, you're, you're rotating your <laughs> office chair. Is that it? Is that how you get in your gallery calories this no, whole time? No, it's, it's because I moved it's every my time bedroom. He lives here. <laughs> That's true. There's that. I, I got to be honest. All of my uh, my exercise goals usually buzz when I'm taking a poop. So <laughs> it's usually um, that's when I... I, <laughs> I only hit it because I moved my bedroom, the spare bedroom, and every door in my house today. <laughs> so... All right. Um, another yeah. note, though, that, that really great scene, the touching scene with the little kid uh, drinking milk while his dad drinks beer, <laughs> that little kid ends up dying in the first scene of Jaws 4. So that's sad. He had yeah. a good life. He made it to Jaws four. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He lived. Uh, he lived. Yeah, but that means he years. was in Jaws two and four, uh, if ever so briefly. That's not that great of a life. <laughs> well, in two, is he? It's been a long time since I've seen two. But aren't both kids trapped? I mean, two is basically kids out on the boat. Aren't both of Brody's? I think children both, on the boat. The older right? one definitely is the the one that ends up becoming Dennis Quaid uh, in the third one and star the star of the fourth one. He's recast. Uh, I think the baby brother's also there. Also, do you ever notice, so the way the sharks are killed in the four Jaws movies are the way the four sharks in Deep Blue Sea are killed in that order. Maybe not in that order, no. But one is blown up with a compression tank, one is electrocuted, one is uh, pierced. uh, And I forget how the the Jaws third one, was he blown up or with explosives? Drank himself to death. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jaws 3D, I'm sorry, that's what it's called. Uh, When did Jaws 3D come out? 83, 82. Oh, so it was the first like 3D. No, I don't, I don't think so. Because 3D was really big in the late 80s, early 90s, and then it disappeared because it sucked. And then it came back with the advent of real 3D. Right, right. Where you didn't have the red, blue, you had the. So but it comes I in was, cycles. Was, it was big in the 50s and 60s. There were probably, some, there was a handful of things. Was it really? It, yeah, that's like if you ever see all those old like uh, stock footage of, of 50s theater audiences with the red and blue glasses. And Yeah, I feel like that's the whole advent sure. of the red and blue, the red and blue glasses. Yeah. And it's weird that it goes through these phases 
and it's only now kind of catching on, but I feel like it's still not going to catch no, it's, on. It's faded out actually um, because of Dunkirk. So uh, because Dunkirk was so successful as an IMAX movie in 2D, Without 3D. Uh, yeah, IMAX has publicly said like, oh, wow, so I guess the 3D doesn't matter. The IMAX does. So they're they're going to restrict the number of 3D movies now be direct, as a direct result of Dunkirk's success. Oh, wow. I oh, always love when the film industry learns from overcompensating about one fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 uh, Hollywood either goes, ah, with the steering wheel, or they go, ah, with the steering <laughs> wheel. They, there's no in between. Yeah. That's a, that well, one makes sense to our audience. We'll listeners. have to wait and see what James Cameron has to say about that with his oh, five yeah. Avatar sequels oh, uh, scheduled for twenty one twenty one now, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. You, you know, it's fucked up. Remember when uh, Kill Bill came out and uh, Tarantino's like, "Yeah, maybe we'll do a volume three in fifteen years." It's uh, that's next year. So if he wants to do Kill uh, yeah. Bill volume three, he can do it. Well, you know, he, I think he went on record saying that he wasn't going to do that, but he said he's only going to do two. 10 films, which means he has two left. Yeah. So I don't know. I could see him making his 10th film, but I think he's grown a little bit since then. I think he wants to out epic himself. You know, I think he, he holds inglorious bastards as his kind of even, which I love Tarantino, but it annoys the shit out of me that he says it's his masterpiece through Brad Pitt at the last line of the film. Um, but he's gone in interviews and saying that, you know, he's competing with his class of filmmakers, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, David O. Russell. And he says like, I got to stay one one step ahead of these guys, you know, as they make better things like there will be blood. And that's uh, cool. I'm glad that's driving him. I don't see I don't see that result. I, I think yeah. he's a little I think he thinks a little bit too much of himself. And I'm a big Tarantino fan. I love Tarantino, oh, yeah. but I don't think he's as good as he thinks. I don't think he's as perfectly genius as he thinks he is. No, he has I, no, I think there's a go ahead. He has no he's not shy about saying how great of a writer he is. And, you know, sometimes he could definitely use a reality check, but. That's the problem is you're at the top of your game and everybody keeps saying how incredible you are. At some point, you got to go, I, I guess I'm really good. And then that, that, <laughs> that, that, that drive you too. But maybe that also makes the work a little bit fresher. So maybe that's why he says he's only going to do 10 movies because he feels like, well, I can only manage genius so many times and I don't want to risk like making that 12th film that uh, suddenly is a piece of shit and isn't well received. Yeah. So I've got to pour everything I can in these first 10. I, I agree. I think that there's there's a level of Tarantino that he hit early on that was incredible because we hadn't seen anything like that. And then after a while, you sort of get a feeling for his tricks and you you get an understanding of who he is. And maybe some of the things he does, the themes don't work out quite as well or he gets a little attracted to working with friends and stuff instead of like making things with with better people, uh, which is a Kevin Smith thing, too. Like at some point, Kevin Smith's movies went from being like, I have to see every one of these to. I'll wait and see when it hits cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he took, I think, especially once he said, I'm not doing the Viewisk universe anymore, it kind of took a massive dive. And then kind of, now he just floats in the level of below mediocrity. Yeah. Um, yeah, now he's like, I can play it safe by fucking crowdfunding a film for $100,000 and right. it doesn't matter if it makes money uh, versus I have to really invest and get the, but but it's the investing and in, in trying something different and working with the film company gives you a cop out uh, <laughs> or or a Zach and Miri, which I really like Zach and Miri because it's, it's a skew light. Um, but for the most part, it's it's these other films where it's like, I'm just doing this for a laugh. I'm just doing it for the kicks. Yeah. And yeah. when he goes back to try to make a skew films, there's that like I have to work at this again and I have to get all these people together and I have to gather all this. And then I have to convince Miramax or whoever to actually pay me for it. 
Yeah. And and one of those things always seems to fall apart. That's like and it's like Lucas and Spielberg who are multi multi millionaires and they have families and they're 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 they have busy lives. So uh, they're content with just making directing a nine to five job where they show up, they sit on the the director's chair and they make some notes and oh, you know what this shot would be kind of cool. Uh, whereas Jaws, uh, Spielberg was hungry. He he really like he yeah. put he he put his heart and soul. Uh, I guess we can talk about it on on this. Uh, to me, it's just common knowledge, but. Uh, maybe to not everybody, but uh, it's notorious for how what a hellish shoot that was. Everything went wrong. Supposedly, yeah. the shark was supposed to be in a lot of scenes, and uh, because the mechanical shark wasn't working, they waited till the end. And one of the, and and people say, "What a happy accident!" Because it's so great, uh, you don't see the shark until the end. It makes it scarier. I kind of think that's apocryphal. I have a feeling. I was watching the movie. I was like. No, it wouldn't really make sense to have the shark in these scenes. I'm pretty sure that was Spielberg always planned to not show the shark, uh, and it just kind of became legend. But even that aside, the shark was broken, and uh, they were over budget, and uh, the studio was really pissed off. They wanted to replace him. Uh, it was a really, really bad time for Spielberg, and that that usually makes good art when you're not being lazy. Yeah. But remember, if we had had CGI at the level <sighs> of not even current levels, but like say ten years ago. Uh, or, or even before that, when The Matrix came out, if there had been that level of CGI available to Spielberg when he decided to do Jaws, would we have seen the shark more? Yes, we have seen oh, it in the absolutely. first scene. Yeah, because that they yeah. because the again, if you're thinking dumb network types and not not people who are putting some thought into it, they're thinking, well, we the whole point is to scare people with this shark eating this person. Like we got to show the shark. You can't not show the shark. Uh, and I could easily see that being their line of thinking, even though not seeing the shark is what it's, it's you know it's shots of water and it's, it's the anticipation of when the shark is going to come in it's john williams incredible score that's why yeah. this movie is iconic yeah i mean i love there's uh you know in the in the scene where alex kittner is killed early in the film maybe 20 30 minutes into the film the only shot that you kind of see is his raft flipping over and you see what looks to be like maybe one or two fins it's really in, indecipherable as to what specifically it is but just you can tell that it's something unnatural. And I think that lends a lot. Your imagination does the rest of the work. And then you kind of see like a blood spray and the horror takes over. Um, that shot's fantastic. And then you don't see, you know, the first scene, the, uh, when he's slumming the chum or whatever uh, that stuff is called, you know, that's the first big reveal, but I, that's at what minute 60 or something, where if you look at Jurassic park, which I get is 20 years later and the industry changed a lot and Spielberg has grown. But, you know, you see the uh, T-Rex, what, 35 minutes into the movie or something? And yeah, it's still yeah. a great movie, and he is holding back. He's not overdoing it. But, you know, you can tell, like, you want to get to the meat of – you want to get to the good stuff. Yeah, you know? um, and uh, that's exactly what I'm saying is that shot is so iconic with Roy Schneider uh, throwing the chum in, and suddenly the shark shows up and is our first real good look. And that's what makes me think that – Spielberg always planned to hold off because that shot wouldn't have had any weight if they were showing the shark earlier. And, and his reaction is so well done that just that step back and just like the the instant of my life just flashed before my eyes because this creature yeah, was right yeah, there. And, yeah. and everything about that was this moment of, holy shit, this is real. Yeah. So yeah. And the, this yeah. thing is well beyond the scope of my imagination was. A great thing about that shot is, um, and this is just something that, again, keeps Spielberg up in, in the mastery level for me is uh, just a real understanding of film is that shot is actually filmed in reverse. They couldn't get, he wanted Roy Schneider's head to snap up 
to where if you watch it again, he actually snaps up and it's almost like he's a, a board or a piece of wood or something. You know, he snaps up and they filmed it in reverse, him going down so that they could get, so he wouldn't have that kind of head shake back. He just kind of snaps up. It's almost cartoon-like if you watch it. It's very huh. unnatural. I never noticed that before. Yeah. Film, yeah, no, yeah. it's a it's a very very clean jump up. I never I didn't know that was shot in reverse. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, Roy Schneider just kills it. Uh, you know, he's kind of just famous for Jaws and uh, Sequest, and maybe for a little uh, for other people, French Connection. But he's not somebody who your mind goes to when you think of talented, like really good actors with on screen uh, like a presence. Uh, he is he makes the movie. If they had cast somebody else, I could easily see this movie not working. He's so yeah. perfect. I mean, that's another thing I think Spielberg did really well, especially more in the 80s, not so much lately, but he chose a lot of, not that he was no name. I mean, you know, I guess Dreyfus Scheider and Robert Shaw were all well known, but uh, they weren't mega stars. You know, they weren't Tom Cruise in it or right, DiCaprio. Right, right. And, um, but, you know, you look at a movie like even, even Jurassic Park, you know, Sam Neill and Laura Dern, I guess Jeff Gold. I mean, they were names, but they weren't huge echelon for the level of blockbusters that the movies were. They weren't uh, quite at that level. Or E.T. There's, you know, D. Wallace Stone. Yeah. And uh, that's it. You know, um, so, the, the, that unknown guy he used for uh, the terminal, uh, that actual authentic Eastern European <laughs> actor he got. Oh, Tom yeah, Hanks uh, or something. Yeah. Gladish Law. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Roy Schneider is great. Robert Shaw is great. Uh, I think supposedly he and Spielberg, either he and Spielberg or he and Dreyfus didn't get along because Shaw, him and Dreyfus, yeah. uh, he's cause he's this like tough, tough guy from England or Ireland or Scotland, wherever he's from. And I, I always, it always makes me laugh. This whole tough guy persona like, uh, him or, uh, De Niro or Pacino, like, you know, cops in New York, especially the film unit, but, uh, but it was just guidos in general, like, you know, macho Italian guys, they worship the shit out of De Niro and Pacino because of, of Godfather. Uh, and it's funny because it's like these, these macho guys who, you know, acting for fucking pussies. Uh, but you know, Robert De Niro, he's a tough guy. He's regular. He's, you know, he's authentic. And it's like, it's so funny to me that they worship these guys who, even if they are, you know, on the tougher side, you have Robert Shaw's and your De Niro's, they still play pretend and they wear makeup. Like, you know, and I yeah. have nothing against, I have a lot of friends who are actors and I have nothing against the profession profession. But these people who do worship these types do have something against. They do think less of that kind of profession. It's not. A, it's not the same as like working in the cement factory making cement. You know. But but it's you know Robert like Robert <laughs> Didn't De Niro. The do that. But like Robert De Niro, he, he's not a cop. He's playing a cop in all these movies. But he's you know he's he's memorizing lines and he's got makeup and yeah. It just it always like the idea that Dreyfus and Shaw would have this like actual rivalry of like uh, you're some some. Uh, 70s uh, liberal uh, hippie and I'm a tough guy from England and it's just like but yeah you're both actors you're both you're both yeah. making you're playing pretend for a living I I always find that funny you're doing like being good. one of the people who think Chuck Norris is the greatest motherfucker alive because it's <laughs> yeah He's he's been such a shitball in every fucking movie he's been in, but uh, Chuck, Nor Chuck Norris is a fucking tough guy. No, no. do you hear him I mean, singing he's, he's his own theme song? Lie. When he yeah. sings Walker Texas Ranger, is that a tough guy thing to do? Like uh, like Frank Sinatra. Oh, you gotta worship Frank. It's it's Frank. It's like hey, he's singing. I can't think of anything uh, sillier than that. You know, ooh, look at me. I'm singing a song about how my girlfriend broke up with me. Ooh, I'm Frank Sinatra. Ooh. <laughs> but, you know, I but think the thing with Frank, though, is that he knew so many real mafia people who did 
respect him and, and that, love him for, for the him, music alone and stuff. But that's why that's what that's what blows my mind. See, I I see very similar things with with uh, in my family, uh, uh, with like singers and mob connections and stuff. And they they they're gravitated towards anybody with that kind of legit real celebrity. Uh, and the right. reason he was this tough mob connected guy was because these mob guys loved that he was famous. It was like a cycle. Uh, and it's yep. just so funny. It's like you guys kill people for a living. You run racket you racketeering and prostitute rings, but you're 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 worshiping this guy who croons it's it's just it, it always got it always made me laugh so anyway i was thinking of that the whole time watching this movie because shaw uh is playing like this real tough as nails motherfucker and he does such a great job his accent is a little wonky but uh oh he's so great and then when he tells a story about how he was in the navy and uh his ship got sunk and they were yeah, all just uh, getting yeah. picked off by sharks oh, i f- totally forgot about that scene yeah that scene was great it's legendary and and and, and, and Quint as a character, one, I've got a friend, uh, Jess Hickman, who is a comics artist and and she named her cat Quint after Josh. She's like the biggest nice. shark lover I know. And she does a comic about her cat called Space Quint, which is cool. <laughs> um, but but Quint as a character is kind of like the, the Captain Ahab of the thing. And you expect that he's going to be the one who wins out against the shark. You think he's going to be the one who who beats Moby Dick at the end or or something. And to have him go down, to, to have him his character die uh, before the end of it is such a great turn to take because it changes the expectations. You see Quint and you see the tough guy and you see the guy who's going to save the whole fucking place, even though we know that Brody's been our hero since the beginning. And now it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. You got to see what can happen. She because Brody real. has new yeah. experience for sure. Um, yeah, no. And... Uh... It's funny because he's the only one that, and spoilers, obviously, that he's the only one that ends up getting eaten by the shark out of, out of the three of them. Um, in the book, Cooper actually doesn't make it. Uh, he uh, when, Once that shark cage busts open, he never comes back up. Oh, man. Uh, but, Did anyone else think that the scene in which, um, so while they're closing the shark cage and they're like, hey, your glasses are on, and that whole thing, it was a little home. Wait, wait say, what, what scene? So, um, homeboy's going, he, he's getting dressed. He's going into the cage. They're just about to drop him. Mm-hmm. The guy like taps when he goes, oh, your glasses are still on. I think that was to show how nervous he was. I think it was, I think it was to show how nervous he was. Like he was really, really like, he's like, no, don't worry. It's a shark cage. I'll be fine. But you know, he knew there was a very good chance he was going to get eaten and he was freaking out. And like, you know, he, you know, I, think oh, I don't blame him. I just, I remember watching, I was watching it and I was like, wow. Someone's sucking someone's dick tonight. <laughs> well, when they had, when they were comparing scars and they had one leg thrown over the other leg, I'm like, this is a little romantic. This is, <laughs> is a completely different story. Figure is, out who gets hard first. Th- is this the first famous scar scene? Like that's a trope in movies where everybody shows each other their scars. My favorite's in Loaded Weapon One with Emilio Estevez and uh, Kathy <laughs> Ireland. Uh, but were there was this a, was this the first to do that? Because usually it is a man and a woman uh, showing each other their scars, and then it leads to a sex scene. That's Leading almost how it side. always goes. It's Swamp Thing Two and uh, uh, yep. this. I mean, uh, weapon, but uh, uh, this. It's it's yeah. It's not. It's actually instead of a romantic sex thing, it's these two characters who were the most opposed to each other, kind of finding some common ground. But uh, I can't think of any earlier. I don't. I don't know of any other option. Uh, anything preceding that, but it's such a great scene. Like um, you have these two characters who supposedly hate each other, but of course. 
with booze, everyone comes together, you know, <laughs> they start to just kind of swap the story. But I love the tonal shift in that scene where they're kind of laughing and giggling and uh, then, you know, the scars and the song, they're singing that song, uh, this old sailor song. Um, Show and then, me the way to go home. Right. Oh. And then he kind of, uh, he says, oh, what was that? You know, something or something or other. He says, no, that was the USS Indianapolis. And uh, Dreyfus's face just kind of changes immediately because he knows that, he knows that name of the ship. He knows that story. It kind of seems like a seafarer's legend. You know, everyone knows the story of the USS Indianapolis, which is a true story. And, and this was uh, only 30 years after World War II. Right. Yeah. And it just kind of shifts. Like you see his face change and then the whole tone of the scene changes as well. And, uh, you know, Quint goes on with that great monologue. One of the best monologues, I think, in certainly of that decade. But uh, And now that's, you know, they kind of say, I've heard the argument that that scene is to blame for modern shitty blockbusters, maybe more so in the 90s when the blockbusters were just like, it's not a good movie. And just because one character has one scene that gives a little <laughs> bit of exposition about his character that right. doesn't make him a well-written character, you know. But in this film, it kind of does, you know. But then they kind of took that and ran with it. Um, it's the Gremlin scene with uh, Phoebe yeah, Cates where yeah, she's talking yeah. about her dad and Christmas. <laughs> Another and scene the, that I love. Gremlins too. And we will spoof the shit out of in Gremlins 3. Yeah. Which I, also, I loved in Gremlins 2 how, you know, in the first movie, it's very touching. It's a great scene, great read by Phoebe Cates. But in the second movie, I like how she says, kind of starts going with it. And uh, doesn't Zach Gilligan kind of come up like, all right, all right, uh, come on, let's go. Uh, next scene. Move along. That would have been great if somebody did that to Quint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess the difference between that and other movies where you're right, it's like you you just to put in this token scene and that's supposed to make it a fully fleshed out character uh, is that all of those decisions do inform every little detail before and after. So if you rewatch the movie again, now you say, oh, this is why Quint really hates sharks and, uh, right. and this is why he's an asshole and this is why he wants to make sure everybody in his boat knows what they're doing. Um, I, I, I bet you that's, I bet you those 90s movies don't have that where if you take that scene out, nothing really like there's there's just nothing there yeah it's also, I think, you know the 90s movies they will they'll kind of throw in like a um oh this is uh, I, I don't quite know how to say this but just it's not it's not deep writing it's just like involving the wife or involving the kid or something like this this is an actual scenario that is so preposterous that you would never think like you would think if you're on a ship and a torpedo hits your ship, you're going down, oh, you're probably going to drown or something like that. But you don't think about, oh, now I'm just bobbing in the water in the middle of the ocean and we're going to slowly get eaten by sharks with 500 of my friends. you know. And that's something that I think, it, yeah, if you start thinking about it, you just think how terrifying that would be. And at night, there's nothing scarier than being on the ocean at night yeah. uh, when there is no land to be seen. And so I think, and especially the way that uh, Shaw reads, reads the stream, it's just really... Uh, puts you right in there as a viewer and uh, yeah you can imagine how how fucking terrifying that would be and like he's such an unlikable asshole uh, up until that point and like it really sucks when he dies uh yeah he's like even you know, oh. it's so close to the end it's uh, you, you really feel and the, the, and to die by a giant shark like he literally is like gobbled up he falls into the shark's mouth that must have been so traumatizing fighting uh, it the whole way fighting yeah, it yeah stabbing it with the, the machete and everything doing everything he can and the fear in his eyes because he, he talks about the shark's eyes looking at shark's eyes and the difference between when you see them normally and then when you see them coming at you and the whites glaze like he he prophesizes yeah 
how much he's fear he's going to have in that moment. And and it he totally, sells that yeah. terror. Oh, he sells that terror. Oh, oh yeah. it's hard to watch. And uh, it starts, yeah, it starts like with a clamp down on your knees, and you can imagine the pain of that alone. And then you know, the next time you see him, it chomps down on his belly, and it's just like it's just like slowly chomp, chomp, chomp all the <sighs> way up his body. <sighs> and uh, yeah, he gives that final kind of. <laughs> and for Schneider having to, to watch it for for Brody sitting there watching that happen right. and yeah. seeing that and knowing that he's very likely next because where the fuck is he gonna yeah, go he's on a sinking right. boat he's terrified of the water which is you know it's so easy that screenwriting 101 give him some give him conflict by having him hate the very thing he has to do but he sells it it's, it's sold so perfectly it's it's yeah. so well yeah oh he must, you know it's crazy um by the way uh when they do the remake of Jaws we need Mike Wallace to play Quint, if only for that death scene, because I want, I want him to be. Blah. Blah. I've been preparing all my life. <laughs> it's a good thing that you you spent that summer sailing a bomb out to another country. <laughs> method. I am method, if nothing else. Oh yeah. Uh, and this and it really is kind of a by the numbers book, even though it, a by the numbers movie, even though it is two separate movies, which I I really appreciate. I, I you know I'm not crazy about three act structure. Um, there's also Chekhov's uh, oxygen tank. Chekhov's compressor. I don't remember the, I don't remember them there being a scene. I was rewatching it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, be careful with those tanks. You know that they could blow at any second. And I was like, "Oh, so that's why he shoots it in the like he it, it, he knew what he was doing." Yeah, the oxygen tank. Um... So the original, I think the original ending is just uh, the shark gets hit with a bunch of harpoons and then kind of slowly sinks to his death, uh, which is rather unclimactic. And Spielberg wanted to do the whole thing. Yeah, he wanted to do the whole thing with the oxygen tank. And I think it was the screenwriter, maybe one of the producers says, no, 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 this is preposterous. You can't do this. Um, You can't shoot an oxygen tank and it doesn't blow up. Like things don't work that way. Um, And I think his response was, I've had the audience here for 118 minutes. I can do whatever the hell I want in the last five minutes. I've got them right where I want them. Uh, and he, you know, and I admit the ending is very super cheesy and it kind that of. That explosion is huge. <laughs> yeah, it is gigantic and uh, fish parts everywhere. And I don't, I don't know why there would be five. I don't know. And um, then he and Hooper are both stuck out in the middle of the water without a ship to get back on. And the radio had already been destroyed by Quint. So they're kind of in the situation that Quint had been yeah. in at the beginning and you know right. there's other sharks apparently they called a tiger shark like it was no big deal <laughs> a couple of days yeah. earlier uh tiger sharks are actually more dangerous than great they eat great whites um but uh i i don't know if this is head cannon um but uh so he's in the boat he's and the boat's sinking and he's panicking quinn had just died and the shark is coming for him and he grabs a tank and he just starts bludgeoning the shark. So I, I like to think that he wasn't pre-planning, like, I'm going to put the tank in the shark's mouth and then shoot the tank. I'm thinking, oh, he grabbed the tank because it was the only thing there and he started beating it. It got stuck. The shark ate it and it got stuck in his mouth. And then he saw it as a target. That's a little yeah. bit more believable. Yeah. A little bit more Because there's violent. no way of, of pre-planning that. There's no <laughs> way. Yeah, I'll just get this tank. I'll get the shark to eat the tank. I'll I'll cover it in quint guts. Yeah, my, my my luck would be he would chomp down on it right away and blow us both up. And then, right then there would be go, and I would have left a brief suicide note. Well, yeah, I was going to say then you wouldn't have to kill yourself. You'd be uh... <laughs> death by shark. So <laughs> suicide by shark. That's another great uh, band name. We are suicide by shark. We still live in our parents' basements. <laughs> Fortunately, it occasionally floods. 
<laughs> All right. So, guys, are you ready to rate Jaws sure. as ridiculous as that might seem? Hey, guys. Um, let's go sure. to let's go to the what? Fap Cave. <laughs> oh, Mike's never been here before. Probably never really even listened to the show. So What's the rating? He's listened. I'm pretty sure Mike's been to the Fap Cave once or twice. Mm, not ours. He hasn't been to my Fap Cave. Oh, um, built, once I bought my home, I built a Fap Cave. So. Oh, fuck yeah. Just <laughs> got some black light hieroglyphics up on the walls. <laughs> home is where the Fap Cave is. Oh, oh, oh I'm so turned on. <laughs> fap Cave is, uh, the, the Fab Scale is, uh, it's our three tier scale, zero to five, um, rating the movie. First, we do the feature. Um, that's going to be your story. How was it? Was it original? Was it interesting? Did you prefer the acting? Uh, we do it on a zero to five scale. Jack, uh, Mike being our guest, you'll go to go first. Um, Jack, I guess you can go first because you're first on my little window of faces. And because I invented the scale. That too. <laughs> also known as the hippo scale. That's not true. One, that, it was, it was a thing. collaboration between us and uh, I guess Dan, Dan Dorman. No, I stole it. I just no, you made it your own. Fucking, you made it your own. That's it what we like do. It was like the Los Angeles riot. I broke your window and I stole it. No, you're you're doing the Tarantino thing. It's an homage, but it's its own thing, and it's great. I love I, I, I love <laughs> podcast terror. I love when you guys have our guests on. It's it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> I only listen to '90s percentile and uh, worst episode ever to figure out which guests we can have next. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a lot worse for guests. I, I, I'm, That's I'm, true. I'm, I'm proud great. of our I'm proud of our guests. One of these days, we're gonna get Mike Wallace on. You'll say. <laughs> one of these days one of these days uh booking me and matt were actually talking about this booking guests is the worst <laughs> it's very difficult it's it's, it's, it's just difficult. it's just the, the you have to get the dates and the times it's just it's mm-hmm. so it's just so just energy draining so, somewhere about an hour ago i was booking our guests for next week and just very much uncertainty and oh, yes. I, yeah i we 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 banked me and dan uh banked so many episodes because dan's away right now and it's been it was so nice and like now we're gonna have to jump into august with no, no prep and i'm just like oh god i'm gonna i hate well, scrambling if, for this um, we're, we're taking a break so if you need a guest on worst episode ever i'm free okay good to know we've been trying not to do guests on worst episode ever because uh, oh thanks okay i'll just go fuck myself <laughs> it's just it's already a three-hour record with just the two of us but uh, when we do have a guest no, no, it's it's fine. I'll I'll just go fuck myself. No, I don't I don't have pity, so that's not gonna work on me. I just <laughs> <laughs> not, not, I have your phone number. I don't need your pity. <laughs> Can you fucking give this a zero to five number, please? What's I don't remember what the F is. Feature. Feature. Uh it's story, original, interesting. Uh how is he acting? Uh out of five. I'm gonna give five. Wow. Uh Mike, how about you? Um yeah, I mean, as a whole, I have to give it a five. I'd be remiss if I didn't. Uh... Jesus Christ, Corey, how about you? I'm I'm not gonna lie, I I agree I, because God, it being it. the the predecessors, there's so many other things, but on top of that, it is a very interesting watch, and the acting was superb throughout. So I'm gonna give it a five. It's it's Are probably the four? best. It's probably the oh. best movie you guys have ever reviewed since Leviathan. <laughs> It's no Santa Slay. <laughs> yeah, Santa Slay is a great movie. I only gave it a four because I thought some of it felt cheesy, but we're just going to move on before anyone gets pissed at me. <laughs> uh, the next one is attention. Uh, this is going to cover your rewatchability. Would you purchase it? Would you recommend it to a friend? Oh, boy. Um, so I did Jack. purchase it. I own it on DVD, but it's still in its shrink wrap. I was too lazy to get up off the couch. Doesn't to grab matter. It. You're keeping it in mint condition. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, so I just downloaded it. It was just easy. I didn't have to get off the couch. Um, uh, God, I don't want to give this all fives. I'm trying to find flaws. I, I would say it's slight, oh. slightly not rewatchable in that you got to do, do once a summer, once a summer, once a year. I wouldn't watch it every but that five still minutes. Has, that has a higher rewatchability than 95% of movies. All right, five. I'll give it a five. Of course, I'm going to recommend right. it to everybody. I think it's one of the... If I'm, It's in my top five. Jurassic Park used to be in my top five, and I realized... Jaws is a better Jurassic Park. Jaws is Jurassic Park is a remake of Jaws. Uh, the only extra thing is maybe the sense of wonder because of the dinosaurs. But other mm-hmm. than that, it's pretty much just a Jaws remake. Just a really well done, you know, monster movie. Um, Jaws is better. Jaws is top five Spielberg. Jaws is top ten movies all time. Top fifteen maybe. Uh, it's got. It's got. Got to give it a five. All right, uh, Mike. How about you? Um, yeah, at, uh, at the cost of not being a contrarian, I have to echo everything Jack said. The only reason I don't own this movie on, uh, four formats is because I've seen it 10,000 times already. So, uh, I can't say I can't not recommend it to anybody. It's a must see. But I need a number. Oh, five. (laughs) (laughs) That's a must see. I love it. I've seen it a million times. Uh, zero. I'll give it a <laughs> uh, Corey, how about you? Um, here, here's the thing. I, I, as much as I think the movie is great, it is not the kind of movie that I go looking for. Fucking sharks. Um, <laughs> I, I felt perfectly okay. I felt better once I started watching it than I did going into rewatching it because I was like, oh, I gotta watch Jaws again. <laughs> and it, it's, it's one of those things I'm not super excited about. I'm gonna give it a three point five. Um, based strictly on my tastes, but if anybody, if some magic person showed up and said, I've never seen a shark movie, what one would you suggest? <laughs> it would, of course, be right after Shark Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws. Yeah, and we appreciate your sacrifice, Corey, for, for uh, you knew you were going to, that horrible traumatic experience you had, and you sat down, you gave it another go. Yeah. Wow. You uh, things for your friends. <laughs> I went slightly... I went uh, <laughs> slightly lower than Corey. I give it a three, um, mostly because I don't know. I, I I'm not big into shark movies and the whole water thing. Water doesn't scare me. I just am fat. Never learned how to swim, so that's something that I deal with in my life. Um, but on the flip side, I still thought it was a very good movie. And to kind of uh, kind of echo what Corey said, is if someone was like, "I really want to watch a shark horror movie. Which one do I watch?" It would obviously be Jaws because Shark Exorcist is a little more difficult to find. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so in demand. Yeah, it's just such a high in demand movie. They only they don't have the server space to uh, to show it to everybody. I don't know if I can watch it. It's a little too real for me. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, last up, we have the Panic. Uh, this is going to cover your scariness, your effects. Were you surprised? Did you have uh, a hard time keeping your poop in? It, it's got some really perfect scare moments. Uh, I think the scariest moment is probably when uh, in the middle of the movie when uh, um, uh, Hooper is um, scuba diving at night, which, first of all, just wait six hours, you idiot. Uh, and he's scuba diving at night, and the, guy, <laughs> and the guy's uh, head just plops up into the, into the frame. Uh, that's a great scare. The opening is great. Uh, the moment we talked about where the, the first big close-up of the shark is great. There's some really, really great scare stuff. Uh, but you know, it's not the scariest movie in the world. It's, 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 I would find a movie, a movie underwater, underwater movies scared. I water, I do find water very scary and drowning very scary. Um, but this, not so much, um, uh, four. 
Mike, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm actually on that scale. I'm going to have to go a little lower just because on the, when I look back at the things that have scared the shit out of me over the years, Jaws isn't high on that. I, I watch it a lot more as a good movie. And, you know, as a filmmaker, I can kind of pick apart what I like about the movie from Spielberg's perspective. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the scene at night is great with the head and the pop out is great, but, um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go three on that. All right. Corey. I, I like the fact that it mixes things like you just mentioned, the, the jump scares, which are classic scares in, in horror movies, but it also gives you anticipation scares. It gives you the, the feeling of something's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. And it's not so much the fear of like something jumps out on the screen, but rather just, oh shit, this girl is going to get eaten. And we we know it's going to happen. It's not a surprise. It's still fucking terrifying because of the nature of, of what this is. Uh, so I'm going to land in between you guys. I'm going to go 3.5. Nice. And uh, props uh, again to John Williams. I mean, that that score is just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's true. We didn't talk about that at all. Yeah, it's, it lends a lot to the movie. Yeah, let's not get into the score. I don't have enough hours in the day to talk about the score. So let's talk about and... your score, Matt, for this category. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, g- I give it a two because I didn't find it that terrifying. I could see how it was would be very scary if you hated water or I think Mike just threw up. Um, <laughs> I thought, he was, I thought hit- he was making a latte. <laughs> putting a leaf in his espresso um i could see how this would be very scary if you hated water hated sharks um or this was 1975 when we watched it it being 2017 didn't find it that scary um and i i I don't know i i don't know sometimes i watch these movies in not the best headspace after long nights or heavy drinking so it's not the the most effective on me so yeah yeah i give it a two it's okay we're not gonna disown you well, it's my show. You can't disown me. <laughs> Get out. That's it. You're done. I should I say run it's the my podcast show. Around it's, here, it's Corey. <laughs> it is Corey in my show. I never no, ever. It's, it's our audience's show. It's We've always show. said that it's it's a show for the fans. Fuck them. Uh, even though for <laughs> them, because seven of them us do it. But whatever. If we're gonna continue to steal shit from worst episode ever in '90s percentile, we're gonna belittle all of our listeners. <laughs> tell them how much we hate them and how useless they are in this world. Well, if there's one thing you guys have stolen from us uh, perfectly, I think is uh, the chemistry between you guys. It's it gets better every every time I'm on. It's just even better than the last. You guys are you guys are such a great team. Are we all gonna fuck right now? Here's how I got this scar. <laughs> Don't ask oh the my question. God. Just accept the consent. Someone give me a thigh to put my thigh over. <laughs> Real quick before we, we start doing our, our closing here. But uh, last night after we played our show, I was just about to leave. And some guy comes out and starts telling me about how he bruised his ribs at Lamb of God last week. Lifts up his shirt, shows me the bruise and all this, this bandage around him. It was it was certainly uh, this is how I got this scar type of nice, situation. Nice. He wanted to fuck uh, you. I'm pretty sure he wanted my P inside of his M, <laughs> but I said no, thank you, sir. I I'm need a matching home. bruise on my rectum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my butthole's already purple. I'm gonna go home to a nice set of B's with some D's in my bed. <laughs> That's boobs and dogs. I, I like it better when you don't explain what the letters are. <laughs> it's just, I'm just going to go G's with some M's and a little L's and Q's. And, and when we get out of here, I'm going to make some P's and some T's. I'm going to go and then I'm gonna, sign I'm gonna, percent I'm going to M my L 
And then after that, I'm probably going to go to the bar and purchase a P. <laughs> I'm going to put the K into the D and then the... Uh, yep, because I got no F in my F. And, and you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pod at gncast.com. Uh, you can leave us a message on our website. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram podcast tear. And you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcasters. Uh, please leave us some feedback so we can read it on the show, talk about how much we love you. Um we recently found out that you can't rate podcasts on Google Play. So only reviews on Google Play. It's get your shit together, Google. Yeah, all subscription options can links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And finally, you can join us on our Facebook page uh, under the Galactic Network for the whole network. Um, <laughs> Jack, we'll start with you. Where can the people find everything that you do? Sorry, I got distracted from my wife. <laughs> Damn it. So I was wondering, because when we had your, your when we had Ben on, there was like halfway through his wife like walked in and Ben just goes, you're on camera. And she just stopped <laughs> and like backpedaled. And I was like, I'm really impressed that uh, Mike's wife hasn't strolled through yet. She's now peering down at me uh, from the staircase, like around the corner, like a cat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> at least everybody, at least everybody has their clothes on. and It's not super awkward. Like you not wearing pants, not right wearing now. pants. Couldn't find them. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you can find me at Jackie No Breaks. That's my Twitter. It's also my Instagram. Uh, I did a rare selfie yesterday. I saw you liked it, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate it. I did. It. Um, I liked it while pooping. <laughs> that's that's all I ask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, obviously, my podcasts are at We Studios Pod, W E E Studios Pod, and you can get uh, all the information for the, our Simpsons podcast, our '90s podcast, and definitely check out. Sync points. That's where we do commentary tracks over the actual movie, and we did a great one with Mike, uh, which called uh, over Superman Returns. Uh, if Mike's a big Spielberg fan, he's also a big, big, big Superman fan. Uh, so that was a really fun. God, two hours and forty-five minutes, whatever that the length of that movie was. I think it's more like nine. <laughs> it felt like nine, yeah. Oh, sorry, wepodcast.com, wepodcast.com. That's that's the that's where you get everything. It's just it's just easy to just go there and figure out the rest. Absolutely. Mike, how about you? If if you even want people to find you, the seven listeners uh, of this podcast. Oh, why not? You can stalk me on the internet. Uh, at Twitter, I'm at uh, Mike Walls, faux real, F-O. And oh uh, on Instagram, <laughs> because it's me, it's authentic, just so everybody knows. Um, <laughs> and uh, my Instagram, Cerebral Wallsy. And uh, you can find some of my voiceover. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you can find some of my voiceover work at... Um, both Karate Tortoise uh, with Mike Diaz and also, I believe, past guest of Podcast of Terror, Brett Zebarth. Yep. Um, all three, is, all, um, Mike has been on here. Uh, Billy Hiller's been on here and Brett Zebarth. Yeah, all good people. And, uh, and Andy Chang and um, Christina Mueller. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, check me out at Brett's work. Uh, that is TexasTardigrades.com. I play uh, Louie. So. Oh, shit. You're part of Texas Tardigrades, too? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah they all just fuck each other. Oh, yeah, pretty much. They're like they're like the state of Alabama. And, well, no, like- but when they, when they fuck each other, they produce good content. The state <laughs> of Alabama just produces more Alabamans. Oh, boy. <laughs> Corey, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, go to donutscomics.com. That is the place that I help publish uh, and sometimes write comics with my friend Levi Krause. Terrific. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped because I'm an alcoholic at Matt the Lifeguard. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to another episode of the podcast here. We will talk to you guys next week. I'm going to go 
K myself and leave a brief SN. I have to fucking pee so bad right I mean, now. I gotta get some meat. Make sure you eat some. I'm, I'm like rubbing it because I have to pee so bad. He's just um, right on the floor. They're just gonna cover it up tomorrow anyway. I've already, I've already jade on the F a couple times. <laughs> um, you guys don't have to stick around if you want. We just have to do like our ad in the next week, and then I got to get out of here because I got to take this door off and. All right, I'll stick get around. Get the rest of the trim out of here. Okay. Oh, Jack, you're gonna stick around. Oh, uh, oh! You said we don't have to stick around. You don't have to, but you're more than welcome to. Uh, whatever, whatever you want. I'm fine with sticking around. You can do whatever. You, I'm gonna go pee first. Go pee. Okay. Go and pee. then we'll okay. say our goodbyes. Yes. Take your time. <laughs> he, he will. <laughs> he absolutely. Will. I watched a He's ninety a minute movie man. last night, uh, Down Periscope, uh, and I guess oh we'll, with Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, yeah. And I must have got up and peed like six times. <laughs> I, I, it's it's like I I don't I'm afraid to leave the house anymore because I just I, I just don't want to be anywhere where I can't pee like I, I, I commuting from the Bronx or from the Queen from Queens like being on a train for 90 minutes it's it's scary because I just I don't have any, it's not that I it's not that I have to pee a lot it's that the second I kind of have to pee I have no tolerance for that like that's yeah. that's torture for me I worked uh, for Geek Squad for for many years I worked for Best Buy for 12 years. And I was one of those in-home guys. I would go out to people's houses and fix their computers. And like the the idea now of being in a car all day and having to suddenly find a place that you can use the restroom Ugh. is, Ugh. oh, just crazy. And I there was once or twice, like often I would try not to use anybody's bathrooms in their homes at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's there's been once or twice where it was like it's impossible not to. And I, I'm sure that there are some people who would never hire us again after <laughs> what I did. <laughs> yeah, there's no worse feeling than knowing you've uh, reached kind of that first, second, and then third tier of I have to piss uh, and I am not close enough to a bathroom before something's going to happen. When the pain starts setting yeah. in, it's just... I thought people were going <laughs> to judge me. Yesterday I saw Spider-Man and I went three times during Spider-Man and I was like, oh, I bet you people are just like, this guy getting up again. You know the app that will tell you what times in the movie to be I, I, I hate that because I came up with that idea like 10 years ago because I, <laughs> I had gotten so good at it because, uh, you know, I know screenwriting. So, like, I always knew, like, oh, this is the lull before the third act. Uh, this is I know exactly what's going to happen here. I can miss this. And I was like, oh, man, I got to I got to make a website about this. And I never did. Also, I don't have the time to go actually go see the movies and when they're out. So, right. Yeah, it's Usually. definitely one of those things of crowdsorts. Like immediately following the second action sequence is usually a pretty good, uh, pretty good time. But so the guy that made this app, does he go see the movies first and then just make a judgment call? Is that how it works? Or uh, they definitely get the movies pretty quickly on. Uh, so I assume that they've got several people who are reporting into it to to give the information for it. Uh, it, it can't just be one person. That's way too much to deal with. Right. 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 And maybe the studios get involved at some point. Maybe they tell you the right time to pee. Uh, So when we went and saw uh, Serenity in the theater, my wife and I both got these giant drinks. And my (laughs) wife will go out a couple of times to use the bathroom because her bladder is kind of tiny and she's a woman. But I usually can make it through, but that fucking lemonade hit me and I just (laughs) pushed myself and pushed myself to stay to the end, and I'll sit through the end credits and everything. I don't walk out of a movie until everything's black and people are kicking me out. But as soon as it, have you guys seen Serenity at this point? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. As soon as Wash got speared, I was like, 
god damn it you know and i just walked up and just grimly walked down the fucking hall to the bathroom like yeah fuck i could have missed that and been just fine without ever having to know that the watch is gone sadness piss that sucks yeah i uh i saw misery on broadway last year uh with bruce willis uh and i was trying so too, right? Yeah, yeah, she was amazing. Wow! And I was, I was, nice. I was like trying so hard. I had to pee the from the moment like the the lights went down. I had to pee, and I was like, um, I was waiting for the uh, the second act, the intermission. And I was like, let me just wait for the intermission, and it was not coming. I was like, God, the, this it's got to be almost done by now. And then I it hit me. I was like, oh shit, this is a one act play. There is no intermission. And then I was just like, fuck. So finally, I like, so I get up and I go. Uh, and they don't even want you to go. You know, one act play. They, they, they like sometimes they won't even let you back in. Uh, and I go and I'm peeing. I'm like, ah. And then I just hear everybody cheer, woo! And I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I got up and the play was over. Like I literally missed. Like the it was you know misery is the whole thing is him trying to get out of that bed. And I finally missed the moment where he he beats uh, Annie Wilkes. And I was just like, oh. well, the interesting <laughs> thing about that movie is that he and Annie wind up getting a kitten farm afterwards. <laughs> That's uh, why everybody's cheering. Yeah. <laughs> just a parade of kittens which leads right into cats it plays right out <laughs> they use the same stage they should do yep. a prequel to cats called kittens that's a that's a such a such a hollywood thing to do just and getty's babies up on the stage <laughs> the whole time just have a little cat ears on. welcome back mac oh god yeah. that's twice like i can't say it welcome no, back cool. mac that's cool um cory i realized that since we didn't actually ever record anything because my computer melted halfway through the show that we don't have to actually we don't have to like live record the ad oh yeah so pop it in later uh we can just do the next week real quick and then i have to continue to destroy my uh brand new house okay so that's what you do you buy a house and you break that shit apart fuck right Make it your own. What'd you do this it's weekend? Like, yeah, just first thing you house. do when you get a new girlfriend is you fuck every hole. Make sure that <laughs> it knows what it's in for. You impurify all holes. There's just basically wait, wait, like ripping up the linoleum. There's more than one hole? There's at least three. Okay. Or there's, you could fuck there's one hole in four ways. Four, I forgot. I forgot about the ear hole. There's four. Oh my God. I've been, the doing, omelet. I've been doing it so boring this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fuck her in the ear, pussy. Um... All right, so what's up? Should we should me and Mike go or no? You guys can you can certainly stay. We're just I just want to do this real quick so I can go on with my life. And then, unfortunately, as much as I'd love to hang out with you guys, don't get me wrong. I just I have a a vagina and a bag of boobs downstairs. That's gonna get real upset if I don't start helping her. (laughs) I need my wife obligation. (laughs) Uh, I'm not married. Am I the only one that's not married? Yeah. Am I the only bachelor here? Yeah. It has its days. Sometimes I detest. Sometimes Which is weird because it. you would think you'd be the one with all the hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. right. Well, Corey, let's do this. All right. Oh, fuck. I clicked too hard. You should have Mike do it. He's got the voiceover voice. Next oh. week on Podcast of Terra. <laughs> Mike, do you want, would you want to do that? Um... Yeah, do I need a script or you literally just need to say next week on podcast here and then Corey and I'll jump in and finish it. Oh, okay. Should I do it in the as the uh, narrator or as Louie from Texas Tardigrades? You oh you can decide <laughs> whichever you prefer to do. Oh boy. Okay. So I will click record. I will give you a countdown and then you say it and then we'll pick it up. Copy. All right. Three, two, one.
next week on Podcast of Tara. <laughs> next week, we're joined by, uh, an, I don't know, super friend, ultra re-hoster McGuy. And for episode 100, we're bringing back old Maddie Vincent. You guys might want to put him for vacation time now. It's going to oh, be a long fuck. one. It's probably going to be a long one. I'm hoping he's free on Saturday night so that I can get ultra sloppy drunk. My shirt's coming off. My pants are coming off. I'm fucking something. Probably Corey. Um, he has not yet picked a movie, so I can't even tell you. I'll we'll have a movie sometime between now and uh, the time we actually record the episode. So it's also going to be our hundredth episode extravaganza and the final one before our break. So yep. putting my dick in a cake. Say some nice things about us. Probably fucking a street taco or two. That's exciting. So is this ninety nine? This is ninety nine. Remember that's... at the beginning of the episode when I said, "Hey, this is episode ninety nine of the podcast." I, I have I've got the memento syndrome. I only remember the last seven minutes of my life. You need to get it tattooed on you, Jack Cone. <laughs> that's great because I play nine when I play uh, roulette. So you know the world the go. world works itself out. This is how it works out. So thanks for listening for another episode of the podcast. Here we will talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from the Jukebox Podcast. Are you a huge fan of music, or perhaps you'd like to expand your sonic horizons? Well, I am here to help. Every month, the Jukebox digs deep into the finest of the world's independent music. From folk to blues to hip-hop, rock and roll, jazz, spoken word, experimental, even classical, we spend time with it all. Plus, I bring industry professionals and fellow fans on Jukebox Roundtables every month to discuss the latest news and topics in the industry. Join me at jukeboxpodcast.com and on all major podcatchers. Next week on Podcast of Tara. <laughs> Next week we're joined by, uh, an, I don't know, super friend, ultra re-hoster McGuy. Oh, and for episode 100, we're bringing back old Maddie Vincent. You guys might want to put him for vacation time now. It's oh, going to be a fuck. long one. It's probably going to be a long one. I'm hoping he's free on Saturday night so that I can get ultra sloppy drunk. My shirt's coming off. My pants are coming off. I'm fucking something. Probably Corey. Um, he has not yet picked a movie, so I can't even tell you. I'll we'll have a movie sometime between now and uh, the time we actually record the episode. So It's also going to be our 100th episode extravaganza and the final one before our break. Yep. So Putting my dick in a cake. Twice. Say some nice things about us. Probably fucking a street taco or two. That's exciting. So is this 99? This is 99. Remember at the beginning of the episode when I said, hey, this is episode 99 of the podcast here. I, I have I've got the memento syndrome. I only remember the last seven minutes. You need to get it tattooed on you, Jack Cone. <laughs> That's great because I play nine when I play uh, roulette. So, you know, the world, you the world works itself out. This is how it works out. So thanks for listening for another episode of the podcast here. We will talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. Oh, I like that. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.